Hooray Run Podcast. It's back. This is your host, James Rogers. It's been over five months since the last episode, episode 24, back in December. My goodness, that is my fault. Take full blame because this is indeed my podcast. So (laughs) I'm responsible for that layoff there. I did focus more on my work career and training for the Cleveland Marathon, which took place on May 19th. And yes, you're going to hear a lot about the Cleveland Marathon, what went down that day, that Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio, as I bring on two of my lifelong friends. We go back to 2005, Wilson Shaner, John Weiss. We did it. We ran the Cleveland Marathon on May 19th. Insane day. Nothing, nothing really at all went according to plan. But we each finished. We have recovered. We we recap it all. We're going to go through that race coming up in this episode. And this is episode 25. It's been a while. It really has. And I, I really, really hope to get this podcast going more consistently once a week. Starting out here. Just hitting the feeds way more consistently than what happened about three months into that hiatus, if you will. Just started missing it, started missing the craft and doing the editing, interviews, the recording process. Just a great time for me to invest in some creativity here in this project, Hooray Run. So really hoping to make this more of a consistent thing indeed. There's a new look to Hooray Run as well. New podcast artwork. The man you see in running motion on the artwork there, it's Spiridon Lewis and Spiridon won the first modern-day Olympic marathon, Athens, Greece, 1896. Winner of the first Olympic marathon, Spiridon Lewis. Got inspired by his story, reading more about it in the last few months here. Read up on it, and I thought it'd be cool to have him as the face of Hooray Run and work with some friends to build this artwork and to create it from the ground up. So Jared Demeester and Amanda Ruff really helped me with the artwork here, Jared giving us the foundation of Spiridon in his old-fashioned attire there, and then really working in detail with Amanda on the arm swing and the full body of Spiridon Lewis there in his running motion. Indebted to Amanda for the work she put into this and responding quickly to emails helped me out step-by-step to get this artwork looking good and working with the colors, and I'm really excited about it, really am. So that's Spiridon Lewis, winner of the 1896 Olympic Marathon. Much gratitude to Jared and Amanda for their help in that. Hooray Run's still on social media. Really no activity in the last five or so months, but there's still a Hooray Run Instagram page. It's at Hooray Run. There's still a Hooray Run Twitter page, Hooray underscore run. And there is Facebook page and an email, hoorayrun at gmail.com. Coming up in this episode, episode 25, we'll have the conversation, the recap of Cleveland with Wilson and Johnny, and also a conversation I had with my cousin Mike. Cousin Mike is going to be his title for guest appearances on this podcast. We just had a, a fine conversation on running, covered a lot of different topics, covered some of his more euphoric running moments just perspectives on the sport, um, what can help with viewership. I had to cut it down for length, total length of this episode, 
but still kept some good substance there and hope you get some good thoughts and and talking points out of that conversation and really hope to have cousin Mike as a regular guest on Hooray Run podcast. Could even see him on next week, the next episode of Hooray Run podcast. We will see. So coming up, those conversations and wow, you know what it is if you have listened to Hooray Run podcast in the past before we get to the conversations. This hasn't changed. This is staying consistent. He is still here. This is Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud providing the beats. And Mikey, you got to drop that beat for us. is Thursday, May 16th, 2019, here in an undisclosed location. I think that's what the professional podcasters say, undisclosed location in Grand Rapids, Michigan, with my cousin, Mike. Michael, Mike? What are uh, we? Whatever you want to call me. You used to call me Mikey. I know. Uh, but maybe go with Mike, I guess. So cousin Mike, it could be? Yeah, let's do that. Like your title on the when you're a guest on the podcast, it's yeah. cousin Mike. It's like my <laughs> podcast character. Yeah. <laughs> Did cousin you Mike checking in here? Yeah, it's cousin Mike time. So I, I could dig that. I was I knew it was Mikey back in the day, and I know I'd call you Michael. I just you gotta know what you prefer. I don't yeah. wanna keep calling you Michael if that's not what you're down yeah. for. Uh yeah, I think I think uh I only get Michael from my mom. Um okay. <clears throat> you know, so that's about it. Aunt Cheryl. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you go running today with River? I did the dog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, well, I feel like I, I feel like I, I I need to be the liaison to like normal people on your podcast because I was looking at the <laughs> the uh, sort of feed of up, of episodes that you've had and you've had some ultra marathoners and you've had some running streak folks such as your dad and apparently your sister also yeah, has a running yeah. streak. She's running a lot every and day. Some uh, FKTs, yep. as you runner folks say. Yep. With your acronyms. You're um, a runner folk too. Stop pointing me out as a runner folk. <laughs> but I feel like, I just want to point out, I'm like a, I feel like the need to be a li- liaison to uh, people who run 10 miles a week. And, and I just want to reassure them, like, you are normal. Don't worry. <laughs> we need you as the voice. Yeah. For those runner folks. So, so that category of runner folks. Exactly. Yeah. We're all runners. You're right. We are. I appreciate your very uh, accommodating attitude. Um, I don't want you to feel belittled no. by the previous guests that we've had on this podcast. No, I feel totally uplifted now because Thank I you. want this to become a become a more of a consistent conversation, it's like me and you. You know, twice yeah. a month, or we'll see. Yeah, because I want cousin Mike on here just Absolutely. talking philosophically. <laughs> yeah, philosophically on all things running. Yeah, so I did go running today. Yeah, how'd um, it go? So I basically my my running um habits of late have basically consisted of me um running with river and sometimes uh becky my wife um around the neighborhood for basically like 30 to 40 minutes and that is i just it's just like a ritual i just do the same thing over and over again i have about like three or four different routes throughout the neighborhood 
um, that I just follow. And that's essentially it. So today we ran down by the river with river <laughs> and, um, there were, so that, well, here's the challenge with running with river is she is, um, sort of an enthusiast in every sense of the word. Uh, if she sees okay. a squirrel, that's, that's her obsession for the next several seconds. Um, if she sees another dog, that's what she's going after. So as you can imagine down by the river on a nice day, like tonight, um, there were lots of all those things, all mm. of the above. And so about every, I don't know, minute or so into my run, she's, she's pulling in a completely different direction than I'm trying to go. <laughs> so I get a bit of an arm workout as I'm running. Uh, so I like to think of it as like a little bit like CrossFit. Ooh. Yeah. Um, have you ever dabbled really with CrossFit? Other than this, that's it. Nope. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if I, I feel a little bit intimidated by CrossFit to be honest. So, <laughs> so the, the river is our main place. Uh, it's a really scenic, um, spot here in, I guess you said an undis- undisclosed location, but we are in the general vicinity of Grand Rapids. I will say that. <laughs> Um, and that's true. Yeah. It's, it's just beautiful to, to run by there. I feel really lucky to have that park just within walking distance or running distance of us. How many miles tonight? Um, so I actually don't, um, I used to sort of obsessively wear my GPS watch and know exactly, um, how many miles I've run each, uh, each time I went out, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm watch free now. I'm liberated mm. of the, the constructs of time. Whoa. Yeah. No, think about that for a second. Well, yeah, I, I, you got me a little speechless here because you don't have a smartphone. I know that. Right. You don't have any phone on you either. Yeah. It's just I, I used no, to no Casio watch, nothing. nothing, nothing. So I used to. Well, as a bit of a tangent here, before I got, um, I inherited uh, uh, the GPS watch from Mark, my my brother. He he got a new GPS watch and sent me his old one, and so that's that's how I first started recording. And it was great because he and I were training for a marathon at the same time, and. Um, so I got to see his runs cause we uploaded to Garmin connect and I saw mm-hmm. his runs and all, and, and vice versa. Um, and that was great. But now, Oh, that's what I was going to tell you before I did the GPS watch thing. I used to carry around a flip phone to time my runs. I would literally oh, run around with a, with a flip phone in my hand and I would hit the split button cause <laughs> yes, it did have that capability every time I got to, Oh, you know what? Actually, what? Th- yeah. So I was, I was going to say, how did I know I got to a mile? I actually mapped out my courses ahead of time and I had on like a little slip of paper, the cross streets of every mile marker. Oh, so I would get to like, you know, like Fulton and, um, Fuller or something like that. And I'd be like, okay, this is where my second mile is at. So I'd press the split button. And so by the end of a very long run, um, my mileage kind of plan sheet would be completely, like soaked with like hand sweat um holding like loose leaf paper exactly so i would look like a maniac i would be running around with like a piece of paper that i'm sort of like looking at in my one hand and because i had the entire route map and everything like that in addition to the mile markers (laughs) and then i'd have my flip phone in my other hand (laughs) i actually um uh i went through two flip phones that way because apparently like I don't. I, I, it's it's like gross, but they got hand sweat. In yeah, them, yeah. And they stopped working. Sweat infiltration, exactly. Right, which is a thing apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, all that was a long way to say. Um, now I don't run with anything. I'm completely liberated of all those things, and I just I basically just like run as long as I feel like running, which usually ends up being exactly between 25 and 35 minutes each time. Well, you know that's some ultra runners do that as well. I know is so you're not. 
distancing yourself too far from the ultra runners, as you said at the start of this podcast. They just go out. You are. You go by feel. And it happens to be 25 to 35. For some of them, it might be 180 minutes. But I know some of them just go by the the flow of their their day the feel of the body and turn around when they're ready to go back so no no constraint of time with them either uh do you Man. feel like you'd ever go back at this point to a watch to a phone um hard to tell yeah i guess i guess i'm not opposed to it necessarily especially if i was if i had a specific goal like right now i'm just sort of like like i said running as kind of like a ritual um uh, obviously a way to stay in shape it's nice for river too because um she's got a ton of energy and um a run will quickly tire her out so yeah um kind of all those all those goals in mind but i don't have necessarily like a 5k or any kind of race that no. i'm training for or anything like that so if i was training for something yeah i'd yeah. probably want to go back to that yeah how many days are you doing this uh with river? pretty consistently every other day honestly okay um sometimes every every um i skip two days if depending on my schedule yeah okay and we talked about marathoning before we loaded up the mics here and got them burning. Yeah. And I know last time I asked you, will you ever do 26.2 again? You said no. Definitive no. Yeah, almost and, definitely not. Yep, yep. And we towed the line in 2016 together at Yankee Springs Trail Run. That was your last marathon, right? um did you do one after? no that, you the did Harrisburg a road? was after that that's right you did a road marathon yeah after the trail which i had to redeem myself after the trail marathon because it was it was pretty ugly for me james had a great run for it was his first marathon mm-hmm. he got second place overall second yeah yeah pretty impressive um and i uh did not get second or anything <laughs> really close to that so you drank my beer after i did i do remember that i did that as a service to you there was though, some haziness after that run for both of us like you wanted it and I was. I couldn't put it, it down. Get a waste. I couldn't put it. I could not get it down. Yeah. And I, it was. I feel. I remember it being pretty hoppy, and you were just like gulping yours. And I thought, <laughs> here's my glass, Mike. Yeah. Just down. I can't do this. And then trip to the portage on pretty soon after. Probably lying sprawled out on the grass. Um, yeah, we were talking about the second half of that race for both of us. No matter what our times were, it really brutalized us each. Trail marathons are loop. unlike. I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have experience with both trail running and road running, so I'm not like saying anything new here. But but for me, I, I am I continue to be shocked at the difference between trail running and road running. Sure, it feels every single time I run on a trail, it feels like I'm going far faster than I actually am going. <laughs> like it is not unusual for me to just like put up 10 minute miles or something while I feel like I'm like striding. <laughs> well, you said around. Uh mile 21 22 in that race you were just like this isn't gonna yeah. end you thought volunteers were gonna jump out of the wood and say absolutely gotcha you're gonna there's no finish I I was being this. Punked. Yeah. ashton kutcher jumps out exactly <laughs> um and the only thing that kept me going was the mountain dew at the at the rest stops yeah i sipped some dew as well that was weird yeah. like just something you're just kind of uncontrollable you just grab the sippy cup <laughs> and it's delicious it was like what did i just put in my body it was perfect like the fizziness did not even bother me somehow yeah (laughs) i uh yeah the trails i'm just gearing up for cleveland here in three days this will be posted after cleveland um but first road marathon and we were talking about the differences between that two and just prs from trail compared to road so we'll see we will see um 
I I had this thought after the trail marathon, like the same day. I think I maybe came back to your place, got some stuff, and then took off back home to Holland. But just because there was a fifty-two point four miler that weekend, yeah. I I don't know if you were if you had the thought, but I definitely had the thought of like like being sprawled out, aching on my couch in Holland, but thinking like there's people probably at mile thirty-seven of fifty-two point four. Did you have that too? And just think, absolutely, what's going on? Like, how do people? I mean, I try not to think fifty hundred milers are common because that that like wreaks havoc on my self-esteem because i'm like oh i just did 26.2 miles and i'm done for the next week yeah um yeah i I, ultra marathoning continues to just like escape my understanding i i just don't understand how one pushes themselves to that that limit it's pretty impressive but that that ever cross your mind yeah um it was something that i was actually like 50k or something it was yeah i was i had every plan to do that um i can't remember if that was when that was in 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 the um the set of marathons that i did but i definitely had a plan to do it and i just remember there was a trail run and it was like it must have been it was either coming out of winter like not yet spring or like late autumn and it was cold and i was doing uh, a trail run around cannonsburg Mm -hmm. um behind the kind of ski area over there and everything like that and um there's some beautiful trails back there but i got i got through like six miles and i had planned to do I don't know, much more than that, like 15, 16, something like that. And I was just, I just couldn't do it. I just hit, hit a wall and I remember, oh, I remember what happened. I mm. like just kind of turned my ankle a little bit. And you know how when you're already frustrated, like it doesn't hurt that bad, but you're just like, it just, it just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just like a total being total of frustration. Exactly. So I literally just like sat down beside the trail and just like, I don't know, just had like an existential pouty moment or something like that. <laughs> And um, just decided right then and there that, like, ultra marathons were stupid. <laughs> Period. At yep. the end of that sentence. The end. <laughs> so, but but yeah. I have, I, I mean, I, I, I will um, sort of try to restore my good name here. And I will say that I, I've run three other marathons beside the trail marathon. Um, run yep. Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, and Harrisburg was the other one that I mentioned. And Harrisburg went well. Yeah. Um, mainly because I was running with my brother, Mark, and he pulled me along, and it was uh, really helpful. Um, but I figured right then and there, I was like, good enough time. We got 331.44, and I was okay. like, I'm going out on that high note Yep, because I don't think I'm ever going to do better than that. Or at least I'm never going to do better than that and like have fun doing it. Was that a thought pretty much immediately crossing the finish line? Um, or did it have to take a bit to sink in and have that yeah, it's a good question. ultimatum of this is it? I think it was definitely something that i i I think i think i thought i was gonna do it again like maybe not right away um but yeah it was something that just kind of like settled in i was like okay i feel good about that time um no sense going back and trying to do it because i i I pushed myself like pretty hard during training which i know like you might laugh about because i was was telling james before this that i did three uh three day weeks essentially yeah um three three runs a week no doubles right Right, no, no doubles. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were there were specific workouts, and I, I won't go into like crazy detail mm-hmm. or anything like that. But um, they weren't just they weren't just slow runs or anything like that. But they were super efficient. It was a super efficient training mechanism that I just like found online randomly, just googling. <laughs> and it was guy, some guy with like no street cred whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but apparently, he had a great plan, and I'm glad I followed it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it was just like. I felt like I worked my hardest for it and I'm not going to go and look stupid anymore. Yeah. Trying to beat that. 
you've hung them up as they say exactly i did try a 5k okay um after that because i was i that's what i okay so after that i decided okay i don't feel like putting in the time because that's another thing is as i'm sure you're realizing or not realizing being reminded of as you train for this cleveland marathon like it's just the sheer amount of time that goes into oh yeah marathon yep is honestly like one of the worst parts um or best parts i guess if you like right yeah if you're crazy Mm -hmm. um but i was how much has to shift to make room for exactly the prep yeah exactly like that's what you do on weekends as you Mm -hmm. train Mm -hmm. um and uh oh so the 5k um i figured okay at least i can like sort of push myself and not spend a lot of time doing it and everything like that and i don't know i just i did a 5k here in grand rapids and i thought i was going to do way better than i did and Mm -hmm. i ended up just kind of being discouraged from that so okay i I don't know maybe i'll get back into it with like 5ks or 10ks or something like that but i doubt the long distance again okay so would you say like indifferent or just like at this point just not interested yeah um Although I feel like, because you're still running. I mean, it's like that's exactly. Your, I'd say your main form of exercise, yeah, is moving your feet and running. Yeah, form of exercise. So <laughs> um, <laughs> the man like, who was chowing vanilla bean ice cream out of the box. Are you saying that's exercise? It could be. Yeah. I mean, it's like the it's like the shirt that says uh, fitness, and then there's a donut, and then underneath it it said this donut in my mouth. You know, so it's like fitness. <laughs> But then there's some food on it. Yeah. There's shirts like this, I promise you. And it's like fitness donut in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I expect that shirt for my next birthday for me. Uh, second, probably of get all, it customized. Have whatever you want under fitness. Yeah, I want the vanilla bean ice cream card. Yep. What uh, brand? Uh, Meyer brand. Okay. Although I would take Briars. That's fine. Um, but yeah, thank you again. I feel uplifted that you're saying. Uh, eating ice cream is exercise. Um, <laughs> the lift spoon, exactly digging into the to the bowl up to the mouth. Yeah, exactly. But yep. yeah, yeah, I would say um, like even even just doing these these three or four day a week um, runs around the neighborhood with, with River. Um, it's I still feel like on some days I just get this like burst of of energy that clearly is coming from just like I don't know not being in shape. I don't want to go that far, but like. Mm. Just, just like my body getting used to running and just being ready for more or something like that, um, and it helps that River again is like a maniac and she will. She so you know how like the common wisdom with running is like don't start out too fast. River's completely the opposite, so she like pulls <laughs> right out the gate. from the gun. She's on two legs because she's trying so hard to pull pull me forward, uh-huh. and so it forces me to sort of like start out fast to some extent, yeah, um, and then sort of balance it out from there so she's actually great for getting in shape um, it's almost like a speed a weird speed workout or something like that um but yeah because i will well um i will tell you the the probably my other than that harrisburg marathon probably my proudest moment of running i was gonna ask you what's your most what's the most euphoric running moment you've had the the 10k i ran when i first started getting back into running in 2015 okay so i I was training for my first marathon the grand rapids marathon and um i i think it was my second race because i had a bunch of i basically like one race every three or four weeks or something like that along the along the training plan and this one was just a 10k it was just a random 10k i think it was like run michigan cheap or something like that yep and there weren't a ton of people in it um so it wasn't like anything totally crazy um but i think 
I ended up getting 4019, which is by far, it's actually somehow it's like faster than two of my best five K's ever put together. Mm. So go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won the race and I oh. won it in like a photo finish. I, I like sprinted really? past the guy at the, at the very end. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, granted, again, there were like, I don't know how many people, like maybe 50 people in the race or something like that. So it wasn't crazy, but, um, no matter the the depth of the field, just being able to, it might not have been tape, but like breaking the tape and winning it in a, in a photo finish. Absolutely. No matter the time or how many people are in it. It was exhilarating. It's going to give you some boost. Absolutely. I thought then and there, I was like, maybe I can do the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> then you looked up, uh, Kenanisa Begale's world record time. You thought, yeah, we'll think. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but I'll take your word for it that it's faster than 4019. Yeah, just take my word on that. <laughs> but no, it was, uh, you do get that euphoria where it's like, who's going to stop me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, just try and pass me. Did I'll, you, I'll did you pass him? Did you get him at the line? Yeah. Or her? Him or her? It was him, yeah. Okay. And, and um, it was basically like, so we came around a corner yep. and there was some like, cones sort of funneling you into the finish line um and i saw the cones and he was i don't know uh 75 yards ahead of me or something like that with um 0.2 miles left or something and Mm. i just kicked it in and i've always had i've always had a strong kick at the end because i don't exert enough energy during the actual race uh because i have a lot of like just like you know common sense that tells me i shouldn't like push my body past any kind of annoying breaking point or anything like that and so i end up with a lot in the, in the reserves and so always had a strong kick for that reason did you feel unstoppable when you were striding out toward the end there just Absolutely. pumping the arms Absolutely. like he's not gonna beat me and i saw him look back oh and you that got look there. of just terror when, in you, his when eyes. you get the look back i felt like the grim reaper he's all yours. it was wonderful what do you think if we went to the if we went to the nearest track right now and you laced on the shoes spikes whatever you have what could you run a mile in tonight man 1609 feel like you're to this because there's a track like not half a mile away from here okay um okay let's see i would say i bet uh i the the sort of um the boastful side of me wants to say i could beat six but i doubt it okay I bet if I there's like a like, bet on it or if I'm, you know, if my life ruffling on your feathers it, a little could, bit, I could like you could probably be six minutes, but I would okay. say maybe like six fifteen. let's go with. Okay. Okay. If you, if you don't break six, then you can't watch the last episode of Game of Thrones. Like, would you? Oh, don't even get me started. That might be fine. <laughs> I might be okay with that. You're irritated with Game of Thrones. I am deeply irritated <laughs> with Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's for another pod, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't even want to. Okay. <laughs> you'll see a whole other side of me here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you posted about Game of Thrones. You've uh, said something about the Pirates as well. Yeah. Um, yep. The Pirates, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team, Major League Baseball. Do you feel like you, uh, this is a tangent, but is there a guy on the Pirates roster this year that you're like, I'd, I'd bet on him in a 5K? Like, uh, if like, it was. Who's like. The guy you'd pick out of the Pirates to represent the team in a in a in a five k or ten k road race, and then in a marathon, or if he's just like the jack of all trades with running. Oh, that's a good question. Because usually when you think of baseball players, you think of like stealing bases and like sprinting right. and everything like that. 
Um, let's see. And he, I think baseball's tougher, like than basketball. You know, a guy who runs off the who who moves well without the ball, who's who's got the stamina. Yeah, Clay Thompson, guy who's running off screens, moving well without the ball. You're like, I'd pick him for more of an endurance style race yeah. if I was to choose from NBA players. Um, MLB, it gets a little tougher for me, I'd say, yeah. in terms of picking the endurance guys. I know. I feel like endurance and MLB is like an oxymoron. Um, yeah, my dad and I always laugh when a guy hits a homer and then in the dugout, he's just like profusely sweating. He's yep. getting three, four cups of Gatorade. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the adrenaline of cranking a homer in the majors, but it just looks like he crossed out. He crossed the line at, after going all out in the last in the last mile of his 5K. It's it's hilarious to yeah. see some of the reactions and just the huffing and puffing after a guy rounds the bases. Absolutely. I, I so I can tell you like who I I think I would be pleasantly surprised by running a five k. Yeah. Um, do you know Melky Cabrera? Yeah. Okay. Like I oh. feel like even though he's a stockier guy, I feel like he would be full of surprises running a five k. I feel like he would run way faster than we would think he would. Is he a Pittsburgh Pirate? He is. He's on his like twentieth team. Or <laughs> Wasn't something he just like on the Indians? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Melky Cabrera. That's that's a that's a dark horse take. I, yeah, and I would also really like to see. That's um, one name I wasn't expecting in this conversation. Yeah, I don't know why that like pick him up. Um, he's been doing great for the Pirates for the Sneaky record. Stamina. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, okay. he's been super clutch. Um, um, Almost knocked the mic down. We're good. We're on Harry <laughs> Potter. On Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> but I was finagling the the mic stand too much at the start here. So he's got more height. Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince here. Um, there's a another guy, Colin Moran, on the Pirates who has a great red beard and looks like a Viking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would just really enjoy seeing him run a 5K because of his beard. Okay, I've seen that. Okay, you know, I don't know. Are we talking like oh, like oh. full Viking? Okay. Like, it, it, yeah. It looks like he could pillage a village, basically, <laughs> single-handedly. Carry a torch yeah. in the final straightaway? 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think, um, when, you're, when you're looking at some of the elite marathoner times, 26.2 miles, when we're seeing Elliot Kipchoge of Kenya now, just shattering the world record that was previously held by Dennis Cometo by like a minute. I think he, well, he went two Oh one thirty nine. Kipchoge did, uh, breaking Cometo's record by a minute 18 in at the, at the highest level of running at the highest level of marathoning. But when you see like a four forty pace for 26.2, like what I, it's hard for me to explain to, a non-fan or just someone who who maybe even runs and they just like 205 204 201 30 like how do you yeah how do you put it into simple terms it's just insane to me and i like from my running background from all i've done with running it's just like it's a speed i can't comprehend well i mean not to underplay it obviously it's incredible but like um i feel like even so i when i first started running obviously i was slower than i became after running a little bit and it's and it's weird because as you start to run miles that are like two minutes faster than you were running um when you were less in shape it obviously feels faster to some extent but it just feels like the new normal yeah because i think at least for me how fast i'm going feels like 
um, is based on my breathing and how my legs feel and everything like that. So I have to imagine to some extent, I mean, I'm sh- I know that obviously they feel like they're pushing it because they're going as, as fast as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, but I think what's so amazing to me is that like those four whatever times, uh, yep. split times are probably feeling like almost normal to them in a, in a way. Yep. Um, it's a rhythm of it all. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you got to be fit for it. You have to put immense training in. Yeah. But there's there's something about it. It's got to be. It's got to be automatic to some extent. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, um, those guys are, geez, I don't, I don't even know how to think about that. It's just like. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I mean, Parker Stinson, an American, just ran the. 25k american record in grand rapids at the riverbank run because huh. that's the riverbank is the usa champs for did not realize for that. uh 25k different just dis- there's just weird there's like a 20k national champion a 25k national champion that's a they, good course for it because it's pretty flat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can't remember his exact time but just seeing him someone posted a video when he was running down what looked like a road like this in gr and i mean the flow of that in a within a a fifteen and a half mile race, it's like, yeah, there's 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 the talent and there's I, I don't know, it's just well, it's like the it's like their stride opens up and it's just like it's almost like the um them running faster is just figuring out how to like this is a vast oversimplification I know <laughs> but like how to take like larger steps almost it looks like or yeah. something like that yep how to lengthen their strides and everything. Um, Cause it doesn't look like their legs are like move, moving furiously or something no. like that. There's beautiful strides and I can, I can see some angles on a broadcast where I'm like, like, yeah, they're moving like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like London watching like, Oh my gosh. Like up those, those fir- top four guys keeping up with Kipchoge too. I was like, okay, this is like, I can tell, but yeah, from different angles, you're like, this is just another day in the park, the smooth gate, the, the um just the arm swing yeah in control of it all um but they are again it's so fast there there are angles where i'm like this is i can't believe they're doing this for 26.2 miles well because i was gonna say like i mean i'm really bad at math so i can't like break it down to figure out how fast like 100 meters of four minute splits would be but i mean i don't even know if i've ever run any any amount of distance at that pace i don't even like i guess i sprinted before and I, that's probably like that fast or something mm-hmm. like that but I, I just don't even think i can visualize going that fast at all for any any rem- remotely sustained amount of time well they have those treadmills at some of the expos now for the big marathons where you can go at kipchoge's speed okay oh, and people go at and some people face plant and yeah it's hilarious to watch some just i guess you could call them normal people get on this treadmill at at 438 or 444 pace whatever it is and they can feel you know what kipchoge's average is or what an elite marathon marathoner's average is and there's some there's some solid it's solid internet content watching some people just hop on the treadmill (laughs) try to go at his speed it's good stuff but with do you think you'll ever stop running like altogether do you ever think of reaching an age where I'm done with this. Do you have those thoughts at all? I don't think it would be an age thing. Um, I think it would be like a, if I found some other way of staying active. Because running, it, honestly, like seems not like a last resort. That's a little bit melodramatic. But like, <laughs> um, 
it just seems like I mean I'm a I'm a pretty introverted guy, so it like works with that and everything like that. Um but I don't know, like if badminton ever became like a major thing and I could like stay active that way or something like that, I'd probably prefer badminton. But you but badminton wouldn't give you what running gives you with with the movement, with the endorphins. I think you'd really th- maybe it's just different mindset for you. You yeah. think I don't know. You think badminton could fill the spot of running for you? I mean, it'd be different. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... Let me let me think. I I, I think um, the, the joy of running, like kind of like you were saying earlier, is that, that time to just sort of be in your own head and everything like that. And mm-hmm. that's something that's pretty unique to it. Um, but I don't know. Is it worth the pain and the um, just kind of like sometimes monotony of it? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm trash talking running on a running podcast. You are. I'm like almost thinking about maybe we should make this podcast about something else. Running as a participating kind of sport. Um, and, and, and what I'll say there is I think it's, it's the most kind of like democratic of all the, um, sports in the sense that like anyone can do it. Sure. Um, all you need is a pair of shoes. Um, it doesn't have to be like good shoes. And maybe you don't even need shoes. I don't know. Like you just go and yeah. run. Um, and I th- and I think that's really cool about it because I have probably more than any other sport I have known more people that have at least tried running at some point. Like I don't know many people who have just never tried running like every yeah. once or something. And I think that's really cool. Yep. So, so if there's one sport that sort of like binds us all together in a way and is like accessible to all. Um, I think that's really cool. And and I do feel like w- when I get back into running, it's just like, okay, I just need a new pair of shoes. And that's yep. basically it. Yep. Um, and so I think, I think that's a really cool aspect of it to, to, to give you sort of like a, a, a positive bit of thoughts that I have on it. Yep. Um, as far as the, the viewership thing, which I think is a whole other thing because that's, that's challenging. I mean, yeah. So, and, and this might sound cheesy, but like, what if, it, there was more than just like the what if there were events i know this is like this in track and field to some extent like with relays but what if there were events that were more like like cross country for example even like why isn't professional cross country more of a thing or is it a thing at all there's a national cross country champion every year in, okay in america but it's as a sport you only hear about a couple meets i'd say every year of like professionals doing cross country. There's a there's a nat, there's a um a world cross country championships too, which is it's kind of fun. It's it's a tough course as far as I'm concerned. Like the last few have been just brutal. But again, it just it happens and then people talk about it on some of the major running websites and then it's it's nothing more. So as a casual viewer, I mean, I know there's I mean, people talk about those with baseball all the time. Like, how could we make baseball more exciting? And yep. as people who are decent baseball fans, um, we would often argue, like, anything else, anything you add to that is just, like, a um, a gimmick. Yep. And it's distracting from the sort of, like, the essence of the game. Sure. And so you might say the same thing about, about running, but what if there was, um, like, even, again, just with the idea of cross-country, like, just that idea of it not being just this kind of, this this fairly predictable road race like what if what if it's just through the woods and stuff like that trail running (laughs) almost like trail running you're right um because i have found myself going more toward irunfar.com which is like the top trail running coverage 
and just keeping up with some of these longer races and how, you know, there's a lot of walking involved in a lot of these runs, but just like the un, in a hundred mile race, you can have the five favorites, but four of them could drop out and get sick or start just spewing whatever and or just because it's so mentally taxing where that that's like interesting to me like the storylines of like you can have the three four or five favorites but we don't know what's going to happen in 50 miler or 100 miler yeah um so yeah like more obstacle style like right again like i know it sounds like i'm pushing for something gimmicky but i mean i have more thoughts on this too but continue well i was just gonna say i mean like Again, it, I mean, people watch NASCAR, which is yeah. which has the same exact thing as road running, which is that it's like an extremely predictable course. Um, Say so an even prouder following, though. Yeah, even, like, exactly. And you it, don't it's talk. Clearly, it's don't talk down on NASCAR in front of NASCAR fans. They're gonna bite you. <laughs> I don't have too many experience with experiences with NASCAR. Well, fans, neither so. do I. But I just feel like it's a. It's probably true. Yeah, it's a proud bunch, and I don't blame them. Um, proud yeah. running fans as well. Yeah, and. So for sure, like I, I hear you on that. There's there's some excitement just to be found in just the the running when you distill it down to just its essence. But it's kind of a casual fan or not even a really a, a viewer of running at all. Yeah, um, that's just not gonna pull me in. Yep, I will say that like even with like uh, I so I was mentioning how I run with Becky a lot, um, yeah. and we run with River. I mean. It goes with the accessibility thing of it. Like, it's just a really good just thing to just do together, you know? Like, yeah. like we go out, um, you know, right before dinner sometimes and just run. And it's just, a, I don't know, it's like a family moment or something like that. Yeah. And I see, I mean, when we're out there, like, we see, you know, uh, dads and moms running and the kids on the rollerblades or something <laughs> like that. Or if they're a little older, they're also running. And familial thing. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. All generations could be involved in right. it. Right. Yep. Yep. Now I just it it's it's kept me up at night a few nights thinking about, you know, what's wrong with the sport and how can we make this better? And then I'm just like, I don't I don't need to like people are gonna be running, there's gonna be professional yeah. runners and they, they'll do their thing. It doesn't have to get you know, some of my teammates in college would say like if it gets too big then it won't be like cool anymore. Where yeah. it's like you have that that corner of running fans who like know what's going on but it doesn't need to be a in the national limelight by any means maybe be good for the runners and money and everything but maybe it's good just where it's at oh so i'll I'll give you a a specific moment where i loved running they're rare but they exist personally or as personally okay so like i mean so we've been talking about both like spectating running and Experiencing running. So, yeah. So this is from the experience here. I remember the first time that I ran 16 miles. It was when I was training for the Grand Rapids Marathon. And I remember it was a kind of, I don't know, August or September day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty warm still. Yeah. Not crazy warm, but it was a nice day. It was, I think I got back at like 10, 30, 11 a.m. And I just remember we were living in an apartment and there was like this lawn out front. And I just like... I stopped running and my whole body was just like tingling and like my mind was just electric with just both the idea that I had just run 16 miles and just like the exhaustion and yet like the probably combination of like endorphins and, and Gatorade that was in my body and everything like that. And I just, I just laid down on the grass (laughs) in the sun and I just like, I just felt all the sensations (laughs) and I was like, this is cool. 
felt like angelic in a way like it was an yeah. out of body if you will i don't experience. know if it was out of body it was actually very in body okay i felt more in my body than like perspective um, yeah well i don't Spiritual. know like I, I don't know if i was even like thinking i was just like purely feeling mm. i was just like i i I don't know. It was just, I felt, I feel every aspect of my body. I feel like I just pushed it to the utmost. Huh? So, yeah. I sometimes think of that moment when I'm like, so why am I running again? And then I think of that moment. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's the ties into the runner's high things. Yeah. Just having that endorphin splurge or just the high of like, wow, I needed that. I think it felt I, really good. And, and I I'm, think that's, yep. I think that's probably why I'm guessing among other reasons, I'm guessing that's why people pursue these longer and longer distances. Cause you want to feel that new high of like running longer Yep. and further. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, for me, it's, it's almost comforting too with some of these ultra marathons, the more I've gotten into that sport too, of cause it, some there's some weeks months where i'm just more intrigued by the ultra running side of things like professional ultra running rather than professional track or marathoning because like a 10 to like 20 hour race it's just something um where it starts and you have a whole day and there might be some live coverage of it you're like eight hours oh they're still they're probably at like mile 62 let's check into this like something comforting of knowing people are are still running and competing throughout the entire like, like that's going on yeah and you just go on with your work day or whatever and you check in and still like people are still moving. There's something about it. It was like when Shia LaBeouf did his weird arts art things where he did all my movies. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was a it was a weird feel good thing for me during his all my movies thing where he watched all his movies in reverse chronological order. Right. And I, I had work days and I was busy here and there getting errands done but i was like thinking like shy is still in that theater just watch, and i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna live stream it it's yeah. gonna be there so there's something like that that ties into these ultra endurance where i'm like it, it, it's a comfort thing for me in a way of like they're still still out there doing that absolutely i think that that makes a lot of sense and i think that's what running if it if you if we're talking about that idea of like okay how are we gonna get people excited about it it's gotta emphasize like what is unique and distinct about running yeah that, that any other sport does not offer yep because that's why baseball fans love what they love about baseball even if it seems boring to outsiders it is distinctly baseball yep and i know you and i could talk three hours about game of baseball and all the the game of inches and strategy and everything because we Especially love it. national league baseball oh yeah just far superior to American baseball. <laughs> coming from the pirates and cardinals fans here yeah we we love the game of baseball and we've had several good conversations on that too all the, the nuances of it and yeah how every everything matters every little movement how everything's spaced out so correctly yeah it's just it's it's sport and i don't want it to change that much and and, and that's what i'll add like when when you talked about like um runners breaking from the pack during marathons mm -hmm. and and i remember when you ran cross country um i think you had mentioned to me the idea of like i think calvin used like surging or something like that as a technique yep um which i like stuff like that intrigues me a lot mm -hmm. that it's not just running just like pacing yourself or, but there's actually like moves or techniques or strategies or yeah something like that. there's definitely yeah it's you can game plan for races for sure and have strategies going in and at the same time, I'll say this again, the cool thing too is you'll have those elite runners running sub 210, 
the women going two twenties, two thirties, and every single one of those forty thousand, however many are in the marathon, are going to run that same course, which is cool to think that they're following in their footsteps. And yeah. basketball game, you can't get on the court and start shooting with the with the players. Like you're actually running the course. That the... but there's a great idea, you know. I mean, I guess <laughs> they have the halftime, like half court shot competitions, which is a little bit like that. But yeah, 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 yeah. not That's quite. True. <laughs> I have thought about a combination of running with basketball where you, you do get the endurance of running and then you you end up in the at this park or in the gym and you have to hit a certain number of threes and free throws before going to run again, like a triathlon, like run, run, shoot, blank, yeah. or just run, shoot. And like, so you can be really good at running and shooting. I mean, they have the biathlon in the Winter Olympics, which is skiing and, and shooting a a gun yeah so i mean if they can do that why not right sounds good yeah short folks would have um you know a chance to excel in a basketball related sport for the first time yeah yep exactly bring mugsy bogues back (laughs) (laughs) master's division yeah retired nba guys i think yeah we're on to something there um yeah, I mean, I still of... think the Mario Kart idea is the best, but I'll okay. call that second best. Real life Mario Kart. Yeah. How long is the race, though? I don't know. Well, now I'm thinking about like our banana peel is actually slippery. <laughs> no, they they're not. So that yeah, it has to be the exactly right surface. We so. love acting involved. I feel. Yeah, but if you love dramatics, get some wrestling dramatics involved. <laughs> Storylines. Well, okay, because uh, I know we need to close this out, but I will say, like, come on, like how they do UFC and they, like, face up against each other as they're doing the weigh-in. Yeah. Like, come on, running, do something like that. Well, before London, um, Elliot Kipchoge and Mo Farah did, they were, like, by the London Bridge, and they did this, and it was, like, <laughs> it was, I was, like, oh, that's that's funny. Like I saw it, and I kind of laughed. But Wait, James just did a punching motion because that's not going to come across in the podcast. They right? got like close, yeah, yeah. That's, okay, and then they like bald fist and and acted like they were about to jab at each other. And Kipchoge was just like laughing. It wasn't. It just felt kind of cheesy. Okay, so they got to be dead. Because they really amped it up between those two, and everyone going in was like Kipchoge's going to dust him. Like Mo's good, but that that part of it too was just kind of weird. Like you're not going to be like neck and neck with him the whole time, probably. But it just felt it felt weird. I just again maybe don't try to do anything crazy out of the box. Let let just let the sport of running be the sport of running. And maybe I'm totally overthinking a lot of this. I thought and of one more idea. Can I oh, give no. it really fast? Yeah. So like <laughs> this will be it right here. We talked about the joy of National League baseball, and part of that is pinch pinch hitters and everything like that because of yeah. how you manage the pitchers in the in the lineup. Um, so what if you had? And this goes with the team too. What if you had a team of runners? They were like driving alongside the participating runner in like some sort of vehicle, like a gator or something like that. And then you had to like pinch run. So you had like a coach or a manager or something like that. Maybe you have like 10 people on the team and you choose when you're going to sub out mm. one of the runners or something. A so relay in a way? It's it's relay, but but it's not at set points that you trade off. Like you choose based on how they're doing and based on like your runner strengths okay. where you put them in. And you mm-hmm. can put guys who have already been in back in or something like that. I don't know. 
Could, How long that again? introduces the more strategy into it because yeah. I think strategy is what I'm really longing for. Okay. Okay. Yep. I'd even forget I mean, the pace banana, is a banana huge thing. Like the that. strategy, of, yeah, the the banana pants. That it's not going to go over well. I don't think there has to be acting involved because you're not going to slip. I guess them. also people might get injured, and that yeah. probably wouldn't be fun. No, the yeah, the the strategy with the relay, if we'd call it a relay. How long would the relay just? You'd have to consider that. Even yeah, I don't know. It just long. depends. But like, but can you imagine like that trade off of like. Almost like in a hockey game when the the new line comes over the boards, yeah, like, uh, jumps out into the ice, and then the other guys like walk off. It'd be like that, except like they jump off the gator and like start running, <laughs> and then the other guy like jumps into the gator or gets like yanked. The, into gator, the gator would have to slow down, right? We're not like tumbling out of the gator. No, it's not like that. an action movie or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. But but there'd be that like exchange moment. That's mm-hmm. where you get your highlights. Like all of a sudden, this fresh you know a guy who hasn't run at all that day comes in and like starts like smoking the other guys that are <laughs> you know falling behind and run out of gas i like that i like the thought of it right now what i'm visualizing yeah there'd have to be trial and, and error then like them. eventually you could like airdrop them i don't know <laughs> parachute in. yeah parachute or like repel from a helicopter and then they start running oh and then the other guy like climbs onto the ladder so it gets get like up. really cinematic and dramatic yeah maybe yeah. that's gimmicky yeah. but, but the basic idea next week we talk parachuting and runners in the sport we call we don't even have a name for it we'll have a name next time okay hold that thought Thanks again to Cousin Mike there. Hey, this is a long podcast. It's over two hours long, but it's been five months. No complaints. Put it on one and a half or two times speed if you feel the need. Coming right up here, Cleveland Marathon Conversation with Wilson and John. All right, on the line here, I have Wilson Shaner and John Weiss. We go a ways back, Saginaw, Michigan, high school days. Even grade school, met John Weiss. What up? First guy I met, I think, when I moved to Saginaw, summer of 2005. Wilson and John, these two guys who ran Cleveland Marathon with me on Sunday, May 19th. I think the first two friends I made in Saginaw, Michigan in 05. Um, say say what's up real quick, guys. Welcome Yo. There what's they up, are. what's up? Wilson and John here. We're going to recap what went down in Cleveland, Ohio on Sunday, May 19th. I don't even know what to call it, what happened that day. That was just, (laughs) on Instagram I said, you know, Cleveland Marathon threw a wrench at us, and we're going to go into some detail. Um, First, I got to clear the air here. Wilson says this is his first time time on Skype. Are you kidding me? Um, I think that maybe (laughs) I might have used it when I was like 19, but... (laughs) I just had to re-download the app, so obviously I don't use it often. And then John forgets his password, so clearly we're not Skype gurus over here. I got a brand new <laughs> Skype account right now. It's live, baby. <laughs> I got a profile pic, though. It's yeah, you do. Too, James. John, John, you don't have one. John, I'm where's blind. the profile pic? That's right. You guys got to use your imagination what I look like right now. <laughs> oh, God. Wilson's already requested money from me. I didn't even know you could do that on Skype. <laughs> Learned that today. That was the first thing I saw. Oh my gosh, uh, Wilson! I mean, you you tell you so it, your first organized race since seventh grade, 
uh, yep. Cleveland Marathon on May 19th. <laughs> um, tell tell the listeners here just like what, what got me and you to do this. It was all Johnny's plan, but what's the origination of why we did this? You know, to be honest, I honestly don't – I don't really remember. I, <laughs> I think we were at Cedar Point and John just said – Let's run a marathon. Is that right? Is that how that happened? I I honestly do not remember the conversation at Cedar Point, to be completely honest. <laughs> Am I the only one who remembers that? Yeah, I guess you yeah, got to yeah, tell yeah, us. James, James, let us know what we said. It was an absolute deluge at Cedar Point. I hope you guys remember how rainy it was that day. Yeah, monsoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it was that terrible. long ago. And we, we were at the, you know, probably paying $26 for a burger and fries inside at that i don't even know what it was called some sandusky who that's where we decided we were doing this in that restaurant at cedar point yes oh my god that was okay so that was hollow weekends hollow weekend there was a lot of football going on screens and john's talking about the running bug that he caught since graduating msu and knowing my running background wilson's kind of listening in and then john you just said guys we should do a marathon because you were coming off your three, what'd you run? Yeah, well, I had just run Detroit, which was, I believe, October 20th or the 21st. So that puts me a good 10 days out. And you guys, I don't know if you're at that point yet, but you hit a you hit a point within a month after the marathon where you're like, I need to sign up for another one. You know, I mean, especially with the outcome of what we had in Cleveland. But um, oh, yeah. I remember, I remember thinking like, you know, I, I, you know, cause that was my second marathon in Detroit and my first one was an utter atrocity, even worse than Cleveland, but you know, we'll talk about the specifics later, but, um, but I, you know, I, I actually, Bree and I, we signed up for Detroit before I even finished, before I even ran Marquette. So that was kind of an interesting story in itself, but like, you know, you know, it, it was just the motivation of like, okay, I've done this myself. I know how much I can improve in literally just one marathon's time. And I just want to see what these guys are kind of thinking about, you know, conquering this feat. Yeah. And you, Man. Were, I, yeah, I remember it. And, and I told you, like, I wanted some good training, some good build up toward it. And nothing went really to plan on Sunday, but all told, I remember talking to you at that restaurant and I was like, John, I want a good build up if I'm really going to do this and commit to it. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, we could look at a, at a, at a late spring marathon because it was October at the time. So give us sure. a half year to, to prep mentally and physically for this. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember the day after we got back from Cedar Point, you're already group texting me and Wilson about Cleveland and you're like, let's yeah. sign up next day. Yep. I do remember that I was sitting in Beaumont Wayne hospital and we had some downtime. I was like writing notes for patients. And I just remember I, you know, I Google searched like marathons in May in the United States. And I saw Cleveland and I'm like, you know, Cleveland's a quick drive from Detroit from the mitten. And I just go, guys, this is, this is the day, you know, it was a perfect like, you know, six months timeframe that we had. And I'm like, if you guys are down, I'm down. And I think like all three of us literally like signed up probably within like 10 minutes of the text. Yeah. yeah. I'm somebody who I say yes to things just without even really thinking. And usually that's a bad thing. Uh, but this time I'm really glad that I did and didn't think about it too much because I may not have ever done it if I had spent too much time thinking about it. But yeah, you're sure. right. Like as soon as you guys were like, I'm in, I was like, oh, it's six months out. Yep. Might as well. I'll just sign up. 
Yeah. Well, that's the name of the game for everyone out there that's thinking about running a marathon is like you can, you know, jibber jabber all you want. But until you sign up, you're not really in training mode yet. You know, like you put the money down and then you're like, okay, I'm doing this, you know. Um, don't recommend doing that like two months out, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we had six full months and, um, that was just the start of the journey, you know? Yeah. Once you register and you put your name on it, that gives you extra motivation to actually run and train for it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and- the thing that was a struggle for me was that, um, like right about the time when we signed up, uh, th- that was when my band was in like full writing mode yeah uh, for our album so like we were going hard writing this album and the studio time um was a full month in january and february um so i was grinding in the studio like all day and night for a for a month there and that was when it was like literally negative 30 out (laughs) and i didn't have a gym membership anywhere in indiana where i was staying so training was like almost non-existent for me for that month so i remember that 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 was a it was tough yeah because you were in just the thick of things with the band and then you had the shows i mean we went to a show in grand rapids and you were doing all the recording at that time too i think february yeah that was pretty well into 2019 even you know yeah toward march so, yeah, so I had ran a little before that, but, but that that was a big setback for me in training. And then I remember a, a pivotal moment with your training was a 10-miler. I think you went on with John because we were, we, we were checking in with each other pretty frequently throughout the buildup, just checking in, motivating. And I remember there was a 10-miler with John where you, you – I, I forgot what pace you started at, but I think it was your first double-digit run, Wilson in like forever or ever and just what do you uh, what do you remember from that run <laughs> it was my first double digit run ever um double digit miles been, yep for double digit miles yeah i had been doing a lot of you know five six um i think i had the most i had done was seven at that point and um i was doing those at you know a, a pretty good pace and when i went out with john I think we were going like just under nine minute miles and then uh, probably dropped back a little bit from that because I just didn't know what that was going to feel like to go 10, which seems crazy now, Mm. but uh, at the time didn't know. And then, you know, after going five miles, which is where I was normally done, I, I was feeling it. So, you know, I'm basically doubling up my normal miles here. And I'm like, John, we got to we gotta slow down if I'm going to finish this thing. Yeah, I remember and, that run, run pretty well, yeah. We had, we had set out, um, you know, we were going to go 12 originally. And I was, we were just, at, during the run, I think you realized, John, you were like, I don't think he's going to make it 12. So let's just <laughs> well, do 10. I, it was a super windy day that day. Do you remember? Like, yeah. remember that stretch we ran by the riverfront? Oh, my God. Detroit. And that was, I think, around mile like nine. And I just remember thinking, like, he is just got to be hitting this terrible wall right now because you know it was a run that you, you know, mileage wise was near your peak. Combine that with terrible winds in a certain like last couple of miles of the of the the run, and your absolutely atrocious set of shoes that you were wearing too. Yeah, yeah, I was wearing some forty dollar um, Nikes that didn't fit my. Yeah. Feet. 
And I knew for a second, like I knew right when I saw those, I'm like, he's going to have to have an upgrade there. Um, <laughs> but that's important. I mean, you, you always hit that. Th- and looking back, I'm sure you look at that kind of as like the beginning, you know, and now that I'm three marathons deep, it's, it's all about the long runs, you know, because we talked about you were saying about how you had some amazing five, six mile runs and that's fine. And your time can get, you know, improve and improve with those those distances. But, you know, even in retrospect for Cleveland, one thing that could have went, went wrong with me or described what, what, what went wrong for me was I, I never made it above 20 miles. Mm-hmm. And um, I think as you guys can all, you know, attest to now, miles 20 through 26 are a different breed of um oh, of yeah. task to to get through so yeah the last 10k i i can't even like i i, I remember it but the the day of the marathon it was it was just run till i till i cramp and then walk and then you see sure yeah, i mean you just got you got used to who was back there with you and people pass yeah. you and then they walk and then you pass them but yeah yeah honestly, well it's just it is absolutely unbelievable thinking about what our training was and what the marathon race day was. It, yeah. it was polar opposites. You could not, like, it was 85 degrees in pure sun. And then I remember the first two months of my training plan, I was just absolutely, in, like, furious and frustrated that it was, you know, negative 10 degrees out with rain. You know, like, how do you prepare for that? That's yeah, the plan. You, you couldn't. You know, when we were training through Michigan winter, which was a brutal winter, at least on the west side, I know it was on the east side of the state as well, pretty bad winter. And then, even going into March, April here, into early May with training, a lot of my morning runs, long sleeves, some gloves to start too. Oh, yeah. And you get that kind of day in Cleveland. And it's not like we're not riding an excuse train by any means, but it's just funny to think about what the whole buildup was training in Michigan and then what we got, you know, not too far away in Cleveland, the day of the marathon, 85 heat index and then not a ton of breeze with beating down sun and you're just like, Yep. Yeah, because you want to come well, off, yeah. you know, ideally I think it would be, uh, you know, training in a Michigan summer here like a, and then doing a fall marathon, which could be on the horizon for us. And So yep. you're, you're banking on a cooler day after training in some heat. But this one, <laughs> the cards didn't fall in our, in our yeah. laps the right way for this one. Yeah. I, it's I a 26 months. Oh, go ahead, Will. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the, the thing for me is just like, I, like you were saying, James, e- even – right up to pretty close to the marathon date it it hasn't been that warm here still so i was still running a lot of my runs um you know with with like running tights on and uh sweatshirt if it's in the morning um so to go from from that to just wanting to be wearing like absolutely nothing during the marathon is just like it, it couldn't have been more polar opposite and i heard everybody at the marathon uh, around us talking about it too. So definitely not just us. Uh, yeah. It was, I think it was a pretty universal thing. Even on the local news broadcast, my uncle lives just outside of Cleveland and I was at his house quite a while after the race recovering. And he was telling me that the top five guys, well, the top four were East Africans and even them in their interviews were talking about the heat that day, just not yeah. kind of out of nowhere, unexpected. And then we saw the carnage on the course as well, you know, back where we were and, and some of the sad news that came out of the race as well. And, and it just, for, for thousands of people, it just wasn't their day, including, I mean, Wilson, you felt the best out of all three of us, but again, you know, what we were expecting was just much more ideal than what it turned out to be. And like you said, it it really affected the whole crowd, all the waves of folks. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and then the the day the night we gather, um, you know, we're checking the forecast a week out as as runners as races. You always as racers, you always check the forecast coming up to the race and so we're, we're talking about it a little bit you know what our game plan is for the heat and how we're going to fuel and whatnot uh fueling was a key one for me too um john you have the most marathon experience out of us i did a trail marathon back in 2016 just kind of on a whim just flew by the seat of my pants with nutrition on that course as well and turned out kind of the same way the second half of this race too just throwing anything into my body really to just keep me fueled and going so I was just I was just pitiful with nutrition on this I was um can you guys talk about like your goo gel plan and and what you guys actually took on the course after everything was transpiring there yeah I mean I'm I'm definitely a a goo guy and uh, that was with trial and error as well I mean I you know, there are certain, you go into a running shop and there are so many different options that you can start. And I think goo is one of the most popular, but at the same time, you know, I remember I went into run Detroit, um, before my first marathon and the guy, um, recommended the Morton brand. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it's a dissolvable, it's, it's a solid, but that dissolves in your water. So it's actually seems very, very efficient at the start where you're like, wow, I mean, all I do is just drink it. And I get the hydration through the water that it's dissolved in, and then I get my fuel as well. But um, I don't, I don't know if it was like a, kind of like a supremely negative taste aversion after Marquette, but I never used Morton again after Marquette because <laughs> um, that was just kind of a train wreck. But then I, you know, my girlfriend Bree, who is has six marathons under her belt, she's like, oh yeah, she always used goo. So then I used that for kind of like the six the six week span between Marquette and Detroit, and then I used goo for Detroit. So then I just, that's what I kind of used for, you know, the entire, um, training session, uh, the training span before Cleveland and it's worked out well for me. Um, but you know, kind of what we were saying, it's, it's all personalized, you know, people can preach about what they think is the best feeling plan, but it's all kind of a personalized, you know, thing for each person. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you guys, I, I remember talking with James, I'm like, James, what's your feeling plan? Like a couple of weeks out and you're like, Dude, I was like, my mind was blown. You're like, yeah, I haven't really been into the feeling. Like, I might use some diluted Coke or something like that. Absolutely. And I was just like, what? And like, there are there are warriors out there. Don't get me wrong. That do do these races with no fuel, just water. But I mean, there are. I feel like there's a list of things that you need to kind of check off the list to like kind of get through these, or like things that can't be against you. And your body's reaction to absolutely no glucose in the bloodstream can't be one of those, you know? So I don't know. That's just kind of my two cents of what I, what I use, but, um, and, and now it's tweaked even more after Cleveland, um, with like how I react and like the heat and, but I don't know. Don't yeah. For, yeah. Go ahead, Wilson. For, for me, I also used goo and, um, I think it's, it's definitely important to train with it. Um, and I found in my longer runs that I, you know, started to do in the in the last couple months of my training, um, that y- using goo every 25, 30 minutes really helped me um, w- when I got to those moments where I was just feeling like I didn't have much left. Um, it's it's amazing how that stuff can pick you back up, and it was so true for me on race day. Um, that there were actually some good people handing them out on the um you know right right along as you ran by the water people hanging out handing out the water oh, yeah. um and, and 
I still had some of mine left, but I took theirs and it was a different brand. And I, I don't remember what brand it was because my brain was like, felt like I had one brain cell left at the time. <laughs> Nearly so all the way even... fried. Yeah, your brain's about <laughs> yeah. fried at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even look at the brand, but but the taste of it was so much better than um, the goo that I had been using. So I'm going to have to to research that and figure out what that was and because I, I really liked how, how that worked and how it tasted too. Some of the goos I don't really care for the taste and so yeah. um I, I think they work great but the taste is just like oh my gosh slows you down because you're thinking about it man you came to the airbnb the night before like you trick-or-treated like you came with a bag <laughs> full of i don't even know what was in that bag just an assortment you're like dude you need four goos i was like sure and then you were like i got eight left and then you pulled out some some dissolvent something something and then you're like i got this fanny pack and i was like man Props to you. I mean, it's just like you were out just stealing goodies from everywhere. Dude, I did my research. <laughs> you had the goo gel. You had the Cliff Bar gels. I was like, dude, does that bag have a bottom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fanny pack um, left a, a mark on my side, but uh, oh, yeah. I don't think I would ever run a marathon without it because I was able to get a lot of stuff in there. Um, not, and not that I, you necessarily need a ton of stuff, but I, being an asthmatic like I am, I needed my um, albuterol inhaler, and I ran with music, so I had my phone, and um, you know, I, like you said, I took eight goo packs out there. So um, there's thinking Didn't about. Did you say you consumed ten throughout I, the day? Yeah, I took the eight that I brought, and um, I had two more that that the people gave me uh, as I was running by. <laughs> so I had I had ten goos. Well, I told Amazing. you your first race since seventh grade is a marathon, 26.2 miles. So that's ballsy first. And then I guess just yeah, over, well, you over prepare for it. Yeah. No, I never, I never formally ran an official half marathon or anything. So that's incredible. It was stupid, but yeah, I ran one out in Northville <laughs> when I was with you that weekend. And then after the race, you're like, yeah, man, I should have done that half marathon with you. Which I think I, it's smart I really to, do a, to do a build-up race, you know, just get a feel for putting the bib on, getting that race adrenaline. And, yeah, I remember you were talking about, man, I should have done that half. But Well, I mean, I did I did probably eight half marathons in my training, <laughs> yeah. just none of them official. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, the night before, John's got his whole routine. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to have coffee in the morning. I haven't had coffee in five years i'm gonna eat a coffee. that's right yeah the coffee taper hey look it up it's a real thing proven i don't know how many studies actually prove it but there are actually multiple people out there that say if you want that caffeine kick do not consume it for a month before the race and then i mean i don't it, interesting i, I was just kind of wired that morning regardless but yeah i know the it race helps with a little digestion too you know it kind of jump starts everything did it did but, it um, so it did go down well i know your race Obviously, yeah. go according yeah, to plan. Absolutely, goal, I had but... zero digestive issues okay. the day of the race. You know, a lot of other issues. But <laughs> <laughs> would, could it be cool if we each went through and just like talked about our experience uh, and walked through the the miles of the race? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, that sounds fun. I want to hear yours, James. <laughs> well, waking up the morning, getting outside, going to our cars, and John was like, "Oh, it's a hot one." <laughs> he was like he was like this is the type of humidity you just feel and you're like yeah it's gonna get warm <laughs> and then we knew it i mean we knew what we were getting ourselves into so then 
I the one of the funniest things looking back because I had like the craziest positive split. You know, in running, you hear negative split, and it's usually a good thing. You run the second half faster than the first. And I remember walking to the start line, or maybe to gear check at the start because we were cutting it kind of close because we had to do the port of John stop. So at least John and I, we had to stop it. Wilson, you just waited on that block for us. But when we were walking over to the main gathering, John was telling us about Marquette. Marquette was the the terrible one, John, right? The all yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, you were telling us about that, and you're like, yeah, whatever it was, hour and a half for the first, and then three hours just just doubled my first <laughs> half time. And we're like laughing, and I'm, sure. and I'm telling Wilson, yeah, that's what he did at Marquette. And then it happens to me in Cleveland, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't even like – because it, it just became like a laughing matter at the start. And then just thinking like no way it's going to happen to me or to us. And, yeah, I mean I, it was a rush start for me. I didn't do much warm-up, but it's 26.2, so I um, didn't want to like – I, I guess I could have got the legs going a little bit beforehand and, instead of just jumping into the corral and starting off. Um, I mean, the, the, I, I could go on about the race. It started off even by like mile six. I was starting to feel like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure out the breathing. I gotta figure out this feeling because I'm gonna start drinking like a lot more water earlier than I intended. And I remember some of the folks in the three-hour group because we had the pacers there holding up their signs. And you kind of stick by your pod there if you want to stay on three-hour pace or 3.30, 4.30, whatever it is. And I remember the first mile being like 6.41. And some people were really ticked off around me just like because they wanted to be 7, 7.05, nailing it right evenly. And I and it felt fine because you're in a huge group. And I was flowing pretty well. But it's the first mile of 26.2. So some guy was saying, yeah, so much for seven flat. And I was like, we'll be all right. Little did I know, I would not be all right. And then, <laughs> like, mile six, I see my parents, and afterward, well, I saw them at 16 and I think 18 as well. Saw them three or four times on the course, and they even told me at mile six I was looking like I was faltering a little bit, just not too strong, not what they've seen before in previous races of mine. So um, I I sensed the decline pretty early and started hitting a mental wall around 10, I'd say. So and just just the miles got into my head pretty early. I, I I felt it warming up for sure. We talked about that real steep hill pretty early when you took that right turn, and you just like it, I don't know. It, it was hard yeah. to describe. I, I know it seven killed, or eight. it was mile seven or eight. Yeah, it killed all our calves, and you could just tell it, it really buried a lot of people even around me. We really started slowing up, and that, I mean that's early still. That's seven or eight in a marathon. So the mental demons start talking. And uh, I'm already think like honestly, guys. Around even before I got the half, John, I think you passed me around 14. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even before that, I was seriously considering like I was looking at my watch still, probably average of 7:27, 7:30 at that point. But kind of thinking, do I even finish this? Because I was just not having a lot of fun out there, a. Eh? And I was like, I'm gonna keep. You just sense the body breaking down, and. So I'm just pouring water and drinking a lot, and I just didn't want to overhydrate either. But, uh, yeah, just fast forward to mile 16, 17, kind of around the turnaround. You know, you get over that bridge, and then you had the, the U-turn, and a lot of people there, a lot of energy with the crowd. 
and a lot of people saying, you got the tailwind coming up. So that kind of gave me a boost. When I got to 16 feeling like crap and had already been walking around that time, oh, doing some walk run for the miles, like miles 14 through 16, John, you had already passed me at that point. Um, you, uh, I was just thinking like 10 miles. How many times have I done 10 miles in this training in my life? And I was like, I can do 10, even if it, Again, I, Wilson, before the race, even weeks before, I was telling you, like, no shame in walking. You were hoping to not walk at all. And, and yep. then I, yeah, I mean, I know we all walked. Uh, I walked quite a bit. And uh, so there was no shame in that at all. Even at 10 miles to go, I had been walking quite a bit. And it became just like a boost of, like, I can do 10 miles, even if it's a walk run here. I'm going to get 10 miles in. Um, saw my parents there and it was more encouraging than I thought. I thought they were going to be more distraught than they seemed, but mom just saw me and she was like, James, are you like, are you all right? I just don't want you to do anything stupid. Like don't, don't go to the point of total exhaustion and collapsing here because of the heat. She could just tell I was weary and dad was saying the same thing about, you know, it's not about time now. You're, you're way off that time goal you were hoping to get. So just, just drop if you need to. But I was breathing all right, and I know we talked about that a little bit after the race. Just my breathing was fine. It was just total body breakdown because I was holding great conversations with my parents. They were just walking right alongside them while they were on the sidewalk, um, but then just started started moving a little bit, and uh, I just thought, I'm going to finish this. Then it became a case of it's not time. I just want to finish it. I thought of you guys on the course too, and I was like, if we can all get that medal today and just take that photo with our medals, that's going to be an accomplishment in and of itself. And and so that is a mini victory for finishing this race. Uh, like 19, like a 42-year-old guy came up to me and goes, <laughs> he goes up, he's just like, he comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder, I'm kind of walking, he goes, this and then he goes, and he goes. I'm trying to go for the 40 to 45 Boston qualifier, and I'm like, what? What is that? I think he said 315, and he's on probably 405 pace at this point. He's like, yeah, screw it. I, this is just how can we plan for this? He's talking about the weather. He's from one of the nearby neighborhoods in Cleveland, uh, saying he's going to get a boost up ahead in about a mile because he's going right through the neighborhood he lives in, and he's got some family there waiting for him. But he was great company for probably two or three minutes, walked with me for a while, and then we, we did the quick little one foot in front of the other, I don't even know what to call it, not even a jog. And then he, uh, he just wished me good luck. Uh, I, I walked again. He, he went on his way. I don't know where he ended up finishing, but I know he was well off his time too. So it was just good kind of to level with a guy like that because he looked at me. He's like, any, he was like, you're probably aiming for what, 310 today? And I was like, yeah, I mean that low threes even breaking three and he's like yeah i mean it's just not our day and that that kind of stuck with me even sticking with me too just how many people were saying that hey you know patting you on the back or you you get up to them and they say hey, it's just not our day and that, that was kind of the mantra of my race that day indeed uh, saw my parents again about 20 mile 20 said well, I don't know where I saw you, John, because I, I caught up to you. They told me that John, like John's hurting up ahead. Uh, if you could get up to him and give him a little encouragement, that'd be great. And that, that's what I was planning on doing, just keeping an eye out for you, John. And, and still yeah, I think mile 22 is where we uh where Yeah, we I was going to say, I think it was bit. four or five remaining. And still, still trying to look out for you, Wilson, because there's the turnaround, and you can see a lot of people coming up. That, you know, you pass some. I saw a lot, a lot of the leaders, at least the women's leader of the race, um, as you, cause you do that U-turn 
And uh, yep, I saw you on the turn, dude. I never saw you. I was gonna see Wilson. I was like, Wilson, come on! I was gonna start clapping. I never saw you, and and so then I got. I mean, it was just a, it was concern. I was just like, man, I hope Wilson's just being smart out there again. Just be wise with it. If he dropped, he dropped because he was just not feeling it. And again, turns out you were the. We'll get to your your recap too. Turns out you were really feeling the best out of all three of us. So then, uh, yeah, <laughs> John, John, we, John, it's all me, relative. Yeah, me and you, John. We start. We talk for like five minutes. We're we're doing a little walk run. I tell you, I'm gonna get moving here again. I just want to. Try to have a pretty good last four, and we saw Wilson's parents briefly. I know you talked to them for a little bit, and then it just became a war of attrition with my calves. Just the last four or five, I would. I mean, it was brutal. I just I paid the price in the aftermath, which we can get to as well. I was I was paying the price. I was just running until my calves seized up, and I couldn't run anymore. Both calves, and then I would, and then I'd walk, and then okay, I got this, or get to a water aid station, just douse myself in water, drink a lot, just run until I cramped, and then um, cross the finish, you know, the bridge was brutal, I walked up the bridge, Wilson, I know you ran up the last bridge there, because you, no you walk up the bridge, and then, or you run up it, and then you go down, and you, you just have a really, really slight incline into the finish, so you hear the megaphone, and the guy announcing, and that gave me a little boost, and I, I ran through uh, some seizing there right at the end, but just running through the finish line felt great. Um, felt awful. I mean, right when I crossed, get, went right to the miss booth. But uh, you know, way off my personal goal time, four twenty-five is what I ran. That's uh, that's tough. Um, but I, again, seeing John finish just a few minutes after, and then hearing Wilson, you were less than twenty minutes after. I was like, hey, man, we we did this, and then it just felt like a like a, a an accomplishment again, a mini victory there of all three of us crossing the line there within 20 minutes after, after letting down on that course. Um, just, uh, yeah, it was a brutal day for me. Honestly, it was, it was tough. The last 13.1 were got the medal. Absolutely ridiculous. I, it's just hard to describe, but got kind of delirious even during the race. Just felt like things were kind of funny that weren't always that fun. I mean, I was just, you know, slapping those signs that were like, Oh yeah. Slap here for some star power. And I would oh, just I was slap. slapping him. Oh yeah. Dude, I was slapping him so hard. And some guy was like, beer at the finish, beer at the finish. And I just ran by him. Like, I was like, did I hear beer? And I just slapped his hand. He's like, yeah, man. <laughs> just a lot of good people on the course still. You know, even if I walked by him, there's just a guy like right in my ear. He's like, hey, man, take her easy. But you got this. You got this. And just good pick-me-ups. <laughs> I just learned a lot being back there. I mean, it was just the the perseverance of some of those people was really uplifting to see and again you know we talked about it as well just the people who you you run by because they were walking but then you'd start walking and then they run by you which can get a little bit annoying where you're like just get away like get out of here but you kind of <laughs> yeah. made friends with them in a way even if you didn't say a word because you were in it together at that point just in a way crawling toward the finish line so yeah you guys know i was way off the goal time but it was we gathered there, we did it, we finished. And there's revenge, there's redemption, indeed, up ahead. Immediately after, thought is, never doing this again. And it's all in the moment of the pain <laughs> and the cramping. And I had, uh, yeah, I had my bouts of puking as well. A lot of bouts of puking. Um, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad aftermath as well. <laughs> I get I paid the price for finishing, but at the same time, 
glad we did it no matter the finishing times. Never a doubt that. Well, you said you did doubt that you would finish at one I when did, you were cramping yeah, up. I did. Because I, I completely understand that. Like in like my first one, I cramped up. And like there's a point where you're like, I, I can't even walk. You know? Yeah. And that's, I think, the ultimate low is where you're like, man, I'm going to come out here today after training and not finish. So that's I was so proud that we all got the medal. You know? Because oh, yeah. everyone talks about, too, the – I don't know what the actual stats are. But literally, like – less than 1% of the entire world's population can complete a marathon, you know, mm. you know, and we're, we're part of the 1% now, you know, and there's yeah. that's something to keep your head high for. Oh yeah. Um, and in this recovery process, it's just weird. Life goes in cycles. You get back into it. I haven't run since it's been three full days of rest and no running today at all. Just going to take a week or two totally off. But once you start getting recovered, get the sleep back and your muscles rejuvenate, you kind of get, you'll get the, you'll get, a oh yeah, man. you kind of get I, mad I at yourself. You like, I know I'm better than that. Wilson, I know you're like already thinking, you know, I could break four and that's awesome. Cause like you, you recover and you're just like, okay, I got to aim towards something. I know I'm better than this. Yeah. And, oh, dude, and you guys will be I'm in the same position as me where you guys had the opportunity to possibly shave an incredible amount of time off of your marathon time, which is awesome. Like I shaved almost an hour off my time from Marquette to Detroit. And that's like a great yeah. feeling to have, you know, that's huge. Yeah. I needed to do that. Um, cause yeah, like you were saying, James, I immediately after the race was like, okay, I'm glad I finished. And then within the first hour, uh, after crossing the finish line i was thinking to myself like man it i can beat four i know i could beat. that was my goal i set out i wanted to you know be in the 350s that's the the pace group i started off with mm-hmm. um was was in the 350s and um i was with them and i know i could have stayed with them um part of it was mental part of it was weather um and if i had just done a little bit more training a little bit better training I could have stuck with them the whole time. I know it. So, uh, I'm, I'm already been, I'm thinking, you know, the last couple of days, just thinking to myself, like, I got to do another one <laughs> and I'm, and I'm getting the itch to go out and run seriously. Yeah. So I even thought like yesterday I had this thought of like, I'm just going to sign up for one next week. Cause I know I'm going to run faster than 425, <laughs> you know, just the, yeah. the itch to just be like, I, I gotta be better than that. And in the moment, you have the thoughts and you have the way you feel in the moment. Afterward, in hindsight, you're like, man, why didn't I just run fast? You know, you get on yourself a little bit, but you can't in the moment. You you know how you feel and you know how you are doing mentally. And, yeah, it was just some lower back pain, too, for me, being on the feet for that long. Lower back was feeling it around 16, 17 as well. I'm telling you guys. Six weeks was the time frame between my first and second. It's doable. <laughs> I know. And you guys would shave, you know, it's not going to be, you know, the hell's temperature like it was in Cleveland, most likely if you run somewhere, you know, another marathon. And you guys could do it. I mean, it's up to you. But, you know, everyone's schedules are busy and things like that. But, I mean, you guys are – Pretty much, you know, after you recover the week after, you're, you're in peak running shape. You know, you just ran 26 miles. You know, your body is just like the muscle memory is there yeah. when it comes to running. So, yeah, that's man. Good. Wilson, uh, your race, you know, where did you start feeling like this is really tough? What am I doing out here? Did you ever have that feel of, of oh, what's yeah. going on? Okay. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Um the the first like ten miles were I felt good. I felt like um I mean I I could tell that it was gonna get tough and I was hot and I was sweating a lot more than I, you know, had been in training. Um but I felt like I can do this. Um and it was it was about mile eleven where I was like st- I started to think, man, I I've got another fifteen miles to go. And like you said, James, those those little demons in your mind are just like fifteen miles. Oh, that's yeah. like four more miles than you've already ran and you're tired right now. You gotta do that again and then run four more miles. And so I'm just thinking like, I don't know I don't know how I can do this. And miles eleven through fifteen were that for me where I I was just um walk running. Um I would I never, I never stopped. I saw a bunch of people stopping and like stretching and resting. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I did that, it would not, it would not be good that I just needed to keep moving. Um, so I would go from like kind of power walking to jogging and then ramp back up a little bit to, to running, um, you know, about my normal pace and then take it back down. And I was basically going, um, in between the water stations, like in my mind, I had, set where you know i'm gonna get to this next water station and then i'll I'll walk for a little bit and then i'll ramp it back up and then i'll run to the next water station yeah i had those thoughts too it was using the water the aid stations there as as markers of okay i can get there i'm gonna walk a little bit i'm gonna drink this water enjoy it and then start running again yeah similar yeah that really helped me and then also what what really helped me was was um, mile 14 or 15, um, this dude, Chris, um, I just met this guy, Chris, and he started talking to me and he was like super cheerful. He had like this big smile on his face, but he, and he was walking next to me and he was like, man, this sucks. But he was like saying it with a smile. He was like laughing and he's like, I came out here thinking I was going to, you know, be around three thirty today. Mm. And boy, I was, I was just way too ambitious and he he wasn't letting it get him down. Um, so he, he was just like, you know, he was just realizing that, Hey, this isn't going exactly how I thought, but still seemed to be enjoying it. And it really picked me back up. So me and him walked and, and ran together, uh, for a little bit. Mm. And then when I got to mile 16, um, I thought to myself, kind of like you did James, where I thought 10 miles, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, um, I ran a lot. Um, I, I still walked, but I, I started using like the mile banners as my guides instead of the water stations. So I would pretty much in my head, I would hit a mile banner and I would immediately start walking. I would walk for maybe like 0.2 miles and then I would run till... I thought in my head, okay, um, I'm probably only, you know, f- four tenths of a mile away from the next mile marker. And then I'd walk a little bit more and then I'd run to the next mile marker. And so I was just trying to, um, calculate in my head, you know, how, how far should I be running and versus walking? So I, I would, for a couple miles, I probably, um, you know, walked like a third or a little more than a third of the mile and ran yeah. the rest at my regular pace. Um, and then when I got to 
mile 22 or 23, um, I pretty much ran, ran the rest of the way from there. Um, something happened in my, in my brain when I got that close where I was just like, you just got to run to the end. Uh, cause every time I would, I would start walking, my legs would stiffen up mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, just run and it's, it's going to suck, but just keep going and it'll be better for you in the long run if you do it. So I pretty much, uh, ran the la- definitely the last three miles. Um, and yeah, so my, it was, it was definitely not the pace that I wanted to be running, but, uh, yeah, I didn't walk for the last three miles and, um, it was tough going up that, that last hill and I wanted oh, to walk man. so bad, <laughs> but there was a lady there who was like, if you, when you get to the top, you can see the finish line on the other side. And I was like, all right, well, I just got to go see that. I'm not going to waste time walking. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as soon as I saw that finish line, I actually somehow still had something left in me to pretty much sprint or as much of a sprint as I could manage at that point to mm-hmm. the finish line. Oh, yeah. So finished nope. in four. 444 so I was about you know 45 minutes slower than I wanted to be which is a lot but like I said I think I can I think I can shave that off for sure the encouragement is can made me mad at some points like during the race where it's just like you're (laughs) feeling so bad and these people are like just around the corner water like you're almost there and you're like I got five miles left of this I'm not almost there. And I get mad. And then they're like, there was one point around where I saw you, Johnny, because I even remember telling you, I was like, uh, someone told me that there's a tunnel coming up here. And it was like, it felt like she told me that three miles ago. And I was like, where is this tunnel? I need this tunnel. And I'm like, she's lying to me. Where is this tunnel? I was just getting upset. And then you just mix it, though. You, you, once once the attitude shifts, it's it's a whole new ball game. The mental game of it, that attitude, like you said, Wilson, like where she's just like when you when you crest the hill right here, you're gonna see the finish, and and that if you take it positively, and you're like, nah, like this is hurting. I don't care. I'm gonna walk up this hill. But if you're like, oh, if I know the finish is right over there, let's run this. It's it's yep, total mindset. Exactly. So much of it's the mindset. It really is. Um, yeah, John. Uh, then your perspective here, so starting off pretty much on pace from what I know, even when you were passing me the first time there, I feel like you were still in a pretty good rhythm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I wanted to PR um, in Cleveland, being the third, and you know, and now in retrospect, um, it's just interesting. From the from literally when my late eyes on the forecast, twenty four hours out, I should have known this is not going to be a PR race. You know, I think that finally dawned on me too when, you know, I posted something on Instagram after with the Cleveland Marathon hashtag on, and then I actually just clicked it and kind of checked out other posts. And one was really telling. It was a late 30s, early 40s year old woman who clearly it was not her first rodeo, but she goes, I could tell from the forecast today it was not going to be a PR race. And I kind of thought to myself, like, man, I wish I was that smart. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, to literally have so many, so much, so much wisdom under your belt where you just know that like, yeah, I mean, I just almost felt like, okay, you know, I, I plan on running for the rest of my life now. Like what do I really expect each one to be better and better? You're going to have days where you're just not going to have a PR, you know? And I think, you know, after I ran such a poor time in Marquette and how I just shattered that PR in Detroit, I just had way higher expectations for myself. And, you know, now I'm that much more wise to know that, that that's not a possibility. And I think, 
you know, a part of my disappointment of Cleveland was having that all or nothing mindset, even throughout like the adversity and around, you know, my 17, 18, where I really kind of fell apart. Um, but you know, there's nothing wrong. You know, I, I'm kind of thinking of, I was, my, my halftime was actually perfect for what I wanted my final time to be at three 30. I ran a one first half. And I remember I, I maintained that pace, you know, even when I passed Hugh James at right before 15 and then, Another another um, time where I got the second wind was actually saw your mom and dad, James, um, Coach Rogers and, and Linda. And I'm like, oh, let's go. Like they made it out here there. And they were at like the peak, um, pretty much like the farthest out from the starting line you could be. You know, there was like that after we peeled out from the half, we had the out and back, which ended up being kind of like, you know, the. The green mile there, like the walk of death, you know, like I think that's where everyone truly kind of, you know, hit a massive wall. But, you know, yeah. I, I maintained it up until about 17 and 18. And, you know, actually, for like the last three miles before I ended up started walking, pretty much every step I was taking, it was like, I could stop right now. I could stop right now. And like, it's, I mean, becoming a great marathon runner, I think, you know, where you take that voice in your head and you, you know, you kind of effectively obliterate it. But, you know, I eventually just stopped and I kind of, kind of felt, you know, when you do finally come to a stop, I kind of felt like a fraud. Like I immediately pulled out my phone, texted my girlfriend Bree, and was like, I'm so pissed at myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, but then I think, you know, in retrospect, you have to, you have to be able to not have that all or nothing mindset where, you know, I could have toned down my pace by about, you know, a minute and a half to even 9, 30, 10 minute miles. And I would have finished about 40 minutes in, you know, in front of what, like when I did, but, you know, with that heat, you know, I honestly think that I was kind of doomed from the get-go. Um, but I think that's important moving forward is, um, yeah, don't, first of all, don't expect a PR every single race. And second of all, like, keep, keep an open mind of, you know, keep the whole picture in mind. Are, or, you, are you breaking you know, glass over there, Jen? <laughs> yeah, Bree's actually doing dishes in the kitchen. She's got back in my airplane. Sorry, sorry, I was getting picked up. Okay, you don't have to edit that out, James. But, uh, my bad. Um, but yeah, um, just kind of back to the start. I looked at kind of funny what you said about the forecast. I looked at the low that night, and like it didn't get down to like below sixty five the night before, and that's when I knew it was just like this is going to be terrible. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but you know, it was like sixty seven at six a.m. and then the start time at seven. Like I, I'm pretty sure if it was not like sixty eight, sixty nine, it was for sure seventy, and like that is just insane. <laughs> Yeah, and just rising. Yeah, um, and I, I didn't think the sun was going to be that relentless. I thought we were going to have some overcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like back to like with that out and back, you know, after we peeled off from the um, half marathon people, that's also kind of just the first mental, you know, big mental uh, barrier you have to come across is where you literally have at least half of the entire running crowd just kind of take off, and oh, they're going to be putting medals around their necks, and mm-hmm. you have literally double the distance to go. Um, but then that out and back was just so crazy. Cause then you, I don't know, I was at mile, I think about 14, 15, where I saw the leaders run past and I'm just like, holy crap, those guys are insane. Yeah. Um, but then you kind of go, oh my gosh, how, like there, uh, you could see kind of the markers when they were coming at, they were only at mile like 20 and I'm like, I am dying right now. And the leaders are at mile 20, right? Like they have six miles to go. And I'm just like, my goodness, this is going to be a long, long day. Um, I ended up kind of 
pulling up and walking at mile 18, but like, you know, kind of like you guys do alluded to, like it is so hard to start walking and then to start running again, <laughs> at least even close to what a high level of what you were at. So that's my recommendation right now out there. That's looking the marathon is, you know, that's an amazing goal to not stop on your race. Um, but you just have to keep that in mind where you're going to have to tone it. You're going to have to be comfortable with running very slow paces, but you know, any, any trot is better than a walk because your body hits the, hits the walking feeling. And you're just like, wow, I, I, I can't go back to that running, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know, so many things that went on that day and you just become smarter and, um, you know, at what you can do the next race to be better. And I think that's kind of the name of the game with, with running, you know, I've never really been a runner in my lifetime. It's always been kind of a team sport thing mm. with me in high school, but it's the ultimate competitive sport um, against yourself. And that's why I love it. So, Sure. And I know Wilson, you said that too, about not just stopping and stretching or lying down. And I, that, that's something I, again, I've known with running. It's just been like the, but longest road race before this was 10k and i remember wilson saying like you're gonna be two hours ahead of me and i was like man the marathon is i'm gonna be running 20 miles more on the road than i ever have there's so much unexpected that could happen tomorrow this is the night before um even with my running background and and sure enough you know there were times even i was stupid out there i lied i actually lied down in some grass at one point and the girl ran by and she's like are you okay just like really concerned. I was like, it's just my lower back. Just keep going. <laughs> I just shoot her off. <laughs> and then I get up and I'm, and I'm kind of itchy too from the grass. And I'm like, I am so stupid. Now I'm itchy and I'm cramping and I'm heavy. Like, what am I doing out here? I'm so stupid. Like, why did I do that? So even those, you know, just lessons where you just did an idiotic thing, but it's like, I'm not going to do that the next go around. I know I, I just can't stop and just even sprawl out because getting up and going, it can, it can, you know, cause some IT band issue or something and you just start aching somewhere else because you stopped. So that's a good takeaway there too. And John, same with me mentally. When you see the the leaders just burning rubber and you're like, they're at 20 and I'm at whatever mileage. Oh, they're moving like that at 20 and just seeing their pace and gets at you a little mentally too, like you said there, like you alluded to with that that little story too. Um, Crossing the line, though, John, I, I, like you said, you're frustrated. Texted Bree right away. Your frustrations um, sat with me in the miss booth for a little while, and then yeah, that felt really good. By the way, the miss booth was was life saving oh, in a way. Um, and then after a little while, we were, we were just sitting there, not really talking at all, just catching catching uh, just catching ourselves again, getting back into right enjoying right. to be able to sit. And then you get up and you're like, I'm looking for the beer garden. (laughs) (laughs) I did not end up going to the beer garden. Probably for the best. I probably would have vomited it right back up. But um, did you get your beer, Wilson? I don't know. What'd you do immediately after crossing the line? I started looking for you. <laughs> I I was looking for you guys, and uh, I think some guy gave me pretzels, and I was eating some of those, and uh, then I saw my parents and uh talked to them for just a little bit and then uh then i think i me i was with john and then i called you james and uh i had no idea what was going on Mm because i called you a couple times and um probably if i could go back wouldn't have like left you like i didn't know i had no idea that you would have been in the medical tent or thrown up or anything but like I don't know, but I wish that we had stayed and found you and taken a picture 
like right near right the after finish line. yeah 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 right with like the finish banner in the back yeah yeah no yeah. i i kind of screwed that up for us it's my bad i would no, uh, dude because i saw like john you saw my dad there in the miss booth too so i was just sitting with him and then getting up just feeling that woozy feel i think it was because i sat so much immediately after crossing that's another thing just stupid i should have just no matter how i felt just kept walking it off hands on the head uh, but i sat down for a while and got up cramped and went to the Port of John, right by the medical tent, thinking I was just gonna walk back to my mom and dad's car and then like see where you guys were at. And you were at the greenhouse tavern, meeting you there. And then I, it's like I gotta peel off into this Port of John, and then started started spewing. And I guess a med assistant heard me, and she knocks on the door and she's like, "Is everything all right in there?" And I said, "Well, I just puked several times, uh, just sitting on the floor." And she was like open the door for me if you will and so i did and then i get up and i'm like grab medical professional right there yeah she she definitely was an angel in the moment there and she grabbed the or i grabbed the rim of the toilet which is as you know just absolutely vile and she's like no no don't grab that don't grab it but i'm like dilute like just half in it half out of it so i get up she like kind of arm around her and then Mm. mom and dad see me out of the porridge and i just like point to the tent which was like 20 feet away and they're just like ah oh, man and then immediately she got me hand sanitizer first she was like dowsing me in hand sanitizer <laughs> lie down open for a like a full body massage didn't really get much stretching i was hoping for like more more stretching out rolling out but it was more relaxing and the doc tech checking on me and i was just again breathing fine just it was just body breakdown and i thought maybe like a IV fluid would have been good for me after looking back on it all, uh, but uh, threw up some grapes and some oranges in the car ride, like after we found our car, and then saw you guys in the greenhouse. Oh, wow. But yeah, sorry to my mom and dad's car. Got some substance on the seat there, but all is clean <laughs> oh, now no. um, from the grapes I took from Isabel, the med assistant, who was great there as well, sharing grapes with me and just keeping me company in the med tent there. So after that, just kind of gathering my senses but i think it was and then i get up to the tavern and i see you guys just pounding back a meal and i'm like oh, yeah. i saw because i i saw your text and your missed calls wilson and i was like just tell him by like the exclamation point and like you're seem kind of excited like yeah we're we're in the greenhouse tavern like all is well and i'm like holy crap he must be feeling pretty good get up yeah. there you're just like cramming a half pound burger you're offering me fries and i'm like no i can't i can't right yeah now. my body is rejecting everything <laughs> so were you guys were, were you guys having a craving pretty soon after crossing is that after crossing the finish line were you guys feeling Dude, I- I was hungry um, at like mile 25. I was, I'm running and I was like, I need to eat, man. I'm hungry. John, yeah, for me, I was not. My body is just like, no, no food, nothing. But then yeah, I remember walking to Greenhouse with Will and like kind of being like, man, I'm, I'm like nauseous right now. And I think, you know, right after the race, if I like have a bunch of beer and like some cake, I would just immediately puke it up. But like, there's a certain point where your just body is just kind of, you know, you're not ready for a big meal, but you're ready for something. And I yeah. think that's a big step to kind of get back to the first, first step of recovery. Sure. Um, and then your mom, Wilson was with her nurse's yeah. background. She was just like, what can we get you? Can we get you anything on the menu? I was like, I just got to some yeah. water. It's, it's fine. She's like oatmeal. And I was yeah. like, where are you going to get oatmeal right now? <laughs> but she was just, she was just thinking of, she was thinking of something that would go down well. So she was looking yeah. out for me, which I really appreciated. That's typical. Yeah. And then 
mom <laughs> comes up the stairs and I just had to get going because I didn't want to like start getting woozy in there around you guys and you having to take care of me. So just got out and then we see you in the parking lot too when we're leaving and again just not feeling awesome at that point either but you guys are getting ready for the road trip back and just John you're like get some fluids get something in your body it's gonna be a little longer recovery for you but you'll be all right and sure enough you know time heals it for sure and um were you were your guys drives back all right like no cramping or anything was the drive back tough at times or no pretty no, i stopped at wendy's <laughs> so uh that kind of that kind of mentally and you know physically aided me a little bit and then that kind of took my eyes off the road because you know kind of what you're saying you are loopy after a marathon and like i'm pretty sure it's like you know deoxygenation to your brain where your brain just is not getting what it needs what it usually does so i think that was good to kind of like you know kind of zone out a little bit and not have to focus on the road but yeah thankfully it was less than a three-hour drive for me so yeah i uh realized um when i got back to my car i took off my shoes and i was i was putting on different shoes and i realized that my sock was bloody Mm. um on my right foot and i took off my sock and dude i lost two toenails (laughs) i lost two whole toenails uh did you you didn't even feel that during the race huh no i had no idea um i don't know if like my body was in shock of the run or what but yeah. um yeah then uh you know I, I realized that i my side was has a pretty bad um you got the rash didn't you i got a rash on my side from my uh fanny pack <laughs> and it's is a uh, kind of bruised still but, but yeah these toenails are going to are going to take a while and it hurts, man. Trying to put on shoes and walk without—I've been—I've t- been putting band-aids over them. So, okay, I think it's gonna probably be a, a couple weeks until they're feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did. Did you uh, did you have any uh, Vaseline or chafing issues, either of you guys? Because I did pretty well with chafing myself, and that was—I think it was something with my spandex, the half tights. Didn't have any like inner thigh chafing or anything. Nipples were good. Yeah, I, you guys have any? I issues? had that foam that I put on. Oh yeah. In all the places that I expected to chafe, but of course, when you're on a marathon, you find brand new places to chafe. Right. And um, there are two spots on the top of my feet that I'm looking at right now, actually, and they're scabbed up. And um, and then you know the base of my foot too, kind of you know my heel had some spots. But outside of that, you know, actually, what Wilson was talking about the rash from his belt, I get that all the time, but I pre- prevented it. Prevented it. By putting that stuff on, so. Oh wow! Okay, I gotta remember that. Yeah, gotta lube up, man. My, it's like my the old days. Uh, <laughs> I was worried about my nipples, but um, dude, I vaseline those puppies right up before the race, big time, and they were fine. Right. Vaseline, amazing invention. I got a pretty, I got a pretty good shoulder and like back of the the bicep sunburn as well. I don't know if Me you guys, too. yeah. Pretty wicked yep. sunburn. Yeah. I put on sunburn, so or sunscreen, uh, lunch before the race. Yeah, that little booth that we were walking right by, where yeah. you were spraying. Yeah, if not for you guys, I would completely skip sunscreen. So props. I mean, I definitely would have a burn on my shoulders. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I didn't. End up, I ended up down in some Wendy's later in the night as well, John. I got some. Uh, oh, had, nice. I had my uncle. He got me a day single, some fries, and a little frosty. And Ooh. once that went down, that's that's when I was just feeling, you know, okay, we're getting stronger here. We're getting stronger. Mm. Fall, oh, fell asleep yeah. a little bit watching Raptors Bucks a little bit, and I was like waking up from that little nap too, just like okay, I needed that, just rejuvenation. And now you know, getting back in the routine with working and working in the sleep schedule. Uh, I I just yeah I haven't run at all. How are you guys feeling today? It's it's Thursday the twenty third, so we got three full days of rest, and then this will be the fourth full day once the twenty fourth hits. How are you guys feeling right now? Yeah, I haven't thought about doing anything with my legs at all yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did go on that bike ride um, in Traverse City, which was kind of nice to kind of maybe work off some some lactic acid. But I mean, I I actually have done some workouts just like abs and like upper body but very very low you know my heart rate didn't really go up at all for okay. but still recovery mode but I'm, I'm i'm starting to feel pretty normal again yeah i'm i'm feeling pretty good today i i was really sore um even yesterday but today i i got out of bed and i i was walking pretty normal uh, the only thing for me is is my toes, but um, outside of that, I feel okay. <laughs> what were you What were you listening to on the course, Wilson? I actually want I want both of your answers on this because I I went I went unplugged. That's really what I do with running. But what did you guys or Wilson? What were you listening to on the course? Well, I I first I had on a playlist on Spotify that's just called Hype, oh, and yeah. it's like just crazy drop edm like rap songs turned into crazy edm songs um and it was it was great until i started um walking a little bit and then it was just it kind of got annoying and then i was pouring water on my head and my um my bluetooth headphones got wet and so they were like cutting in and out and like it just was so annoying because I would hear, I'd be listening to a song and then like, you know, it would cut out for five seconds and then come back in. So I just ripped them off and I put them in my bag and I, I didn't put them back on the rest of the race. Okay. John, were you? Yeah, I have a playlist uh, that is specifically for running and it's like 60 songs and I've kind of tweaked it, but yeah, it has a whole kind of spectrum of songs. And I, and I think that's important, you know, if you have like crazy you know like in your face you know edm type stuff the whole race i think you're you, you could get a little mentally burned out but yeah just kind of songs i've come across over the year um over the last couple of years that just kind of like you know kind of digs into your you know motivation and things like that so but yeah i i don't know james you always you start from the get-go without music i, I don't know i pretty for me personally if i'm not running with anyone specifically and i'm running solo i need that music just to kind of keep the keep the mental uh, toughness at its, at its peak. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's something I did think about after, you know, in the aftermath of it all the last couple of days too, just thinking like, maybe I will the next go around, uh, try some music, try some podcasts or something just with that distance. Um, did the trail marathon and now have that one under my belt without any headphones. But I was thinking just to get out of my own mind sometimes, I think that'd be good for me. I tend to overthink things and was overthinking, you know, just the mileage out there. And like you said, Wilson with the mental demons and whatnot. And I think sometimes the, the music could help for that. I don't, I don't have much experience or at all with that, with running because training wise never plugged in, but I'm just thinking, you know, going forward whenever our next, 
attempt is, whenever my next attempt is, if we do one all together again, you know, whenever it is, next 26.2 uh, attempt, I, I might, I'm going to consider for sure something in my ears just to, for mentally, mental purposes, just getting my mind off maybe pain or, or just thinking of the doubts and whatnot, getting something playing in my ears could be good. Try it out while you're running, while you're just training. Yeah, in the training, for sure. Yeah. Yep, that's something I would definitely, yeah, prep for in the next buildup toward the next 26.2. I'm looking at the uh, schedule right now of U.S. marathons. I see a couple that look tempting on here. Uh Uh-oh. What do you got? Uh, What do you got for us? Well, we're ready probably for the Miami marathon, you know. It's a few years old. Yeah, no. Like Maui. I'm sure Maui has one. You know, we'll be ready for that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would like to do. Um, I would like to do one that's in a in a different part of the country. But I, I'm looking right now at um, a Grand Rapids Marathon at the uh, end of August. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that could I be. I think my housemate here, Will, did that one. Is it August or is it early October? It's August. it's end of August. Okay. It's uh, well, it's August 25th. Mm. Potential for some nice, cool heading into fall weather. Or it could also be 90 degrees. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> you roll the wrist there. Hey, yep. tell, tell us about uh, David Shainer real quick. He, he's a guy you had your eye on before the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when I looked at uh, John sent, sent us that picture of our names on, what was that, a, some kind of mural or something, John? This massive, yeah, like kind of poster mural thing that had Cleveland Marathon and everyone, everyone's name that signed up for the race was printed on that day. Well, yeah, not many people have uh, the same last name as me. So Shaner, S-H-A-N-E-R, uh, there was a, one other person with that last name that was a runner, and it was David Shaner. <laughs> so I was checking... Um, on the marathon site to see the results. And I just had to know if I beat him because uh, that was my only person that I wanted to beat was David Shaner. And I, I crushed him. I mean, he was, he was, I don't even remember what it was, but it, I killed him. If, if David ever hears this podcast, I'll get him on the pod and have his perspective on it all. Oh, dude, we got the Shaner duel. <laughs> yeah, you texted me a photo of his result and you're like, I got him. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he he well he was I mean he was over five hours and mm. I very I very easily could have been there too. But yeah, yeah. Well, we did it. We did it. Uh, Gr marathon. It, it's got me intrigued. It really does. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to converge and talk about plans for the next one and just see what we're gonna do here. Marathon coming up. I texted some real close friends and talked with family about. Again, in the immediate aftermath, the way I was feeling, you know, just, I don't need to do that again. Why would I need to do that? But once you recover, you get back into the routine, and you're like, I want something to aim for again. I know each of us, John, we know you're faster than what you ran. You already have a much better PR mm-hmm. than what you did. And it's just like, you kind of get an itch to just prove to yourself, really, like you said, that internal competition, competition with yourself, with running and its pursuit of just wanting to better yourself. So I'm looking forward. I am going to take another crack at it. We'll see when the next one is. We'd love to plan one with you guys too. Yeah, it would be awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Millennium, Millennium Meadows Marathon, Sunday, August 25th. It's $90 uh, if we enroll before July 14th. Mm. So keep it in mind. 
It is, because then you train through Michigan summer. You're going to have some warm training days for sure, and just the chance, the much better chance of getting something uh, cooler, like 50s on that late September day. Um, but then if, if you train in warmer weather, then you're ready for a warmer day. Just in this buildup in Michigan here, we just didn't get one, just day at, one day at 75 plus. Yeah. Yep. So it did indeed throw a wrench at us. We persevered. We did it. Um, a- any other closing stories or any other thoughts from you guys on just what, what went down on Sunday, May 19th there in Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah. I mean, I think just like why I'm like kind of addicted to marathon running is, first of all, it's like the culture. Man. I mean, we have all these stories of people we counted on the track and, you know, we're literally walking and people keep saying, good job. You got this. And, you know, we kind of talk about our disappointment, but in the same sense, like what, what an amazing community it is that, you know, people of all walks of life and athleticism are able to come out and just like, you know, conquer this feat and it's epic, you know? And like, I remember Wilson, you said you kind of like got a little emotional first couple of uh, miles. I mean, I did too, you know, because you just, you're running amidst this group of people and like you have the ultimate runner's high and your brain, you get the goosebumps and your brain just goes off and, simply just that feeling is, is worth it. And, you know, training runs, I get that feeling now and it's, there's, there's just nothing better. And mm-hmm. I, I'm lucky enough to call it the running one of my, like, you know, hobbies now. And I think, you know, you can kind of, you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to. And, uh, you know, finishing the Cleveland marathon at 85 degree heat, that's finally something we can check off our bucket. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was definitely holding back tears for, for the first couple miles there, just seeing, you know, when you got that many people running together and, uh, the sun had, had just come up and, um, just thinking about what, you know, all the training and everything we'd, everybody there had put into it. Um, it was just, it, it was really, there's no other word other than epic. And literally I, I wasn't expecting it, but I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm about <laughs> to cry right now. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. I'd never felt something like that. Oh yeah. Marathon tug at the emotions like that indeed again all crossing the finish line running that day that was huge so we'll look forward to the next one then yeah we'll plan it out get another recap here on hooray run podcast talk it over and man that was some sort of day there i'm just glad we have that as a forever memory too this group of us certainly never forget that absolutely I mean, meeting in 2005 and then 14 years later, still tight and then <laughs> doing 26.2 miles together. That's huge. Let's go. Yeah. So really appreciate the time tonight, guys. And that's some good takeaways there at the end there, too. A lot of good stuff there. And yeah. we'll be talking on the next one. We'll get after it again. We're taking another crack. I know it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Bonus story here from John marathon aftermath dude i have this crazy story to tell you guys i'll make it quick but like do you know like days following marathon you kind of had that like i can eat anything i am i just ran you know a marathon and have three thirty six hundred calories like burned so like i went on this trip to tc with brie and you know we do our bike ride you know we're getting we're doing wine tasting so yesterday I looked back on the day and I literally ate like a fat, obese ogre. <laughs> but I woke up and I like the hotel, I had two, like, no, I had four pancakes with chocolate chips and syrup. And then like we went on, we like went on a sleeping bear dune hike. So I had like old hummus and chips. And then like 
bread, like bagels. And then I like, we like cracked open some sparkling wine that we had. I'm like drinking out of a water bottle. And then we go to a pizza place in TC. I eat a whole pizza myself with chicken and cheese on it. Like I find you, Mind you, I have not eaten chicken or cheese in months because, like, I'm doing the vegan thing with Brie and, like, I've been feeling great about it. Dude, so I'm, we're, we're driving back from TC and I literally got so sick. I've never been – I haven't been that sick in, like, a decade. What? I puked, like, three times on the highway. Oh. Yeah. Like, like we drove past Saginaw and Brie's like – like, I drove all the way up, so – She's like, do you want to switch driving? I'm like, I'm actually not feeling too hot. Do you mind like grabbing some coffee and just kind of, kind of fighting it out a little bit? Then all of a sudden I'm just like, Brie, you got to pull over. And I just blew my brains out on the side of the highway. And then like, I stopped. I like, like went and like took a dump too. I had like diarrhea. Like I literally ate myself into like a sick, a tr- like, like, like it felt like I had Ebola. I had like hemorrhagic fever and like diarrhea. It was terrible. Dude, well, it was I feel so much better. Oh yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. It was it was not food poisoning because, like, I've had food poisoning before, and I puked, like, a couple of times, and then I felt immediately better. Mm. This was, like, prolonged. I was, like, tossing and turning nauseous until, like, 3 a.m. last night. And, like, it was a crazy no. recovery day. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel so much better right now, and, like, I'm going to Soundset this weekend, so I'm super pumped, like, that I'm not, like, you know, on the verge of death anymore. But still, oh. like, I was – Yeah. I thought about bringing that up during the the podcast, but that that would have been completely like out of scope of the conversation. So, dude, I just started recording it right when you started telling that story again, so I can. Oh, really? I can so put it like it? I can put it toward the end of the conversation. Just no way. Like, you know, I, I just got. I, I got. I started recording because I was like, this might be good, so I just clicked record again. So I got like just like interject and be like outtakes. Oh, don't eat anything that you want after a marathon. A true story by John Lewis. That's a wrap for episode 25 of Hooray Run Podcast. Really appreciate the listen there. Tell a friend, recommend, leave a five-star review or any review. Really appreciate the feedback. Whatever platform you're listening on, leave a review. Let others know about the show. And there's a HoorayRun.com as well. Got a little revamp there too. New look to the .com as well, HoorayRun.com. Again, any spreading of the word, I'm extremely grateful for there. Thanks again to Cousin Mike, to Wilson, to John for making this comeback episode such a joy. Thanks again for the listen. Be on the lookout next week. Possibly Cousin Mike again on the show. And maybe, possibly a breakdown of running in pop culture. Yeah, just have to stay tuned. Listen to the next episode for that. Episode 25 here, complete. Thanks again to Mikey, a.k.a. Meeks Palmer on SoundCloud for the beats. Taking us out here as well. 